Hey everybody, welcome to another delicious episode of the Collective Podcast. My name is Ash Thorpe. This is going to be a special episode 69 with the powerful G-Monk, Albert Omos, and the mighty Beeple. Um, we talk a lot about many things. Most of it was responding to everybody's requests and questions about how we organize our lives, structure our days, balance our workflow, and maintain a healthy lifestyle. So we go into a bit of detail on that. We also discuss Beeple's everydays and how he hasn't broken the cycle and seven years he's going strong with not stopping that amazing process he's been doing on a daily basis uh, we also talk about software pirating use what softwares we use and most importantly about drugs uh, this podcast is brought to you by our amazing sponsor squarespace it's a really awesome service where you can easily create your own professional looking website a portfolio or an online store it's a really great service. Uh, we talk a bit about it in the podcast, actually. If you don't have a website or if you don't like to deal with like the hassle of making a website and you just want to get your work up and make it professionally and clean, I highly recommend it. There's 24-hour support. There's a free trial if you use the code TCP, as in the Collective Podcast. You get up to 10% off. So check it out. Um, this is going to be episode 69. Enjoy. Okay, that's the G Monkowitz. What's up, Um, G? G? Did you did you listen to the Patrick's podcast? I I did. It got me in the mood, dude. (laughs) You like some candles? He's a wise fella. He is. Yeah, he's he's smart, dude. Yeah, he's smart and he's just eloquent and he's he's great, man. Yeah, it's no. it, It makes sense that his career has been successful thus far. Once you get a chance to talk with him and stuff, so. Yeah, Sorry. solid. Those those Aussies, man. <laughs> Hard working dudes. Aussies and Brazilians, dude. They're like the fucking power race. No, no, the Russians. You forgot the Russians. <clears throat> all right, the Russians. Have you guys all met like outside of emails? Have you guys talked at all? Any of you? Um, I've talked to Bradley over Twitter once or twice. Um, I don't think count. I've ever. I don't think I've ever talked to to Mike. Whoa! How dare you! <laughs> Mike, no, are you, are you on? Anybody. Yep. Okay, you're quiet. <laughs> quiet bastard. Well, you guys should all say hi because this is cool, you know? What up? Oh, hey, what guys. Up? Uh, Albert, all, all my buck homies, every time I see them, are always like, you got to meet Albert. You guys are you guys <laughs> got so hard on each other. <laughs> I hear the same things. I hear stories about you every single day. They're like, oh, there's Bradley lore that, that still exists at Buck every single day. That's some Bradley chest hair is mounted to the wall. <laughs> there was a pair of his shoes hanging around forever. It was like a, it was an idol that we worked. <laughs> Did you just leave some shoes there? I gave them to our friend Doug, who I guess hung them up. <laughs> and they just shrined them. They just dipped them in wax. And just... They were nice shoes, too. They were these like, sweet white Stan Smiths with blue trim. Pretty, pretty sick. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Right. Well, you know, it's respected. It's a Hall of Fame shit. I should start leaving some shoes people's places. <laughs> or use condoms, whatever. Ooh. It's episode 69, right? So. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mike's like, dude, my baby's asleep right now. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like cowering in the basement, trying not to wake anybody up. I usually, this is obviously, I'm two hours later, and uh, we're usually all in bed by like nine o'clock, nine thirty. Damn, this Wait, is late. Is that like, Wisconsin time. Yeah, yeah. What? I usually get up at like four thirty in the morning. What? So I'm more of like a morning, get up crazy fucking early person than like stay up late like this is i'm all fucking jacked up on coffee <laughs> yeah Jay, no. coffee Co- is a mixture of coffee and crystal meth i mean it's <laughs> tough to say what's keeping me up at this point dude thanks for for coming on you know i think it's yeah no problem i know that after well, let's just get started and who cares let's just let it roll i know that after my podcast with mike Brad is like, dude, what the fuck, man? You didn't even ask me questions. Like, he was giving me all kinds of shit. Like, <laughs> I know when he likes a podcast and when he doesn't, he'll he'll hit me with like questions and shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Shit, you know, like we were just talking about stuff, and you know, like before I knew it was time time was up. So this is a good redemption moment for Brad to get on you and you know talk I'm gonna about. Ask you all sorts of questions, people. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of people questions. I don't want to listen to an hour and a half of you hating on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's what that the podcast was. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, and then also like it's cool that we're all together in a in a forum. I I think this was like a really fun idea i don't remember who came up with it was it did andrew come up with this thing or was it kind of like a hodgepodge and just started magnetizing or is this the universe i think we saw that it was like episode 66 and then we're like dude we gotta do a, a, a gangbang on episode 69 <laughs> yeah i think it was yeah i think it might have been you you freaking sick bastard yeah it's perfect but no i want to ask albert i, I want to ask all you fools a bunch of questions yeah, let's do it. Fuck. Like, these are these are the these are the guys that I want to ask. I was really I was really taken by Albert's podcast. I really really enjoyed it. And there's some more questions I feel like we could ask uh, of that and, and people. You, you're a, you're the uh, unpolished gem that we need to polish. <laughs> we all need a rub. We all need a rub until we can see our reflection. Sweet, thank you. Let's all rub the mic until we see our reflection in it. <laughs> No, but um, yeah, I know. I I, I I try not to control the conversation too much, and especially this one. I'm gonna because there's gonna be so many people on this. I don't want it to be like a big mess. So, um, yeah. And Brad, if like you want to drive, like go for it. Like I'm just. We have some questions that I know people are curious and want to know, like you know what kind of fonts we use and shit like that. And if <laughs> just, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but there are some I'm gonna try and squeeze them in here as we go. But um. Well, yeah. actually, this is your podcast, so you run it. Um, okay, you want me to drive? You, yeah, you're, you're the, you're, this is your podcast. Big um, Papa style? And stop calling me Brad. Okay, Bradley. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know, I do it just to fuck with you, because I remember that one time. <laughs> the one time I had you define why you don't like using the, the word Brad, because you like said it was reminding you of some asshole in a movie or something like that. Like, <laughs> the, the protagonist, Brad, the, the punk the down the street that would give wedgies cycle. to the nerds. <laughs> But um no like let's uh let's just dig in like yeah obviously props to everybody everybody's got a really amazing body of work it's all growing everybody that we've had on the podcast and all three of us or all four of us I think we're all working as hard as we can to you know be better than the day before and um 
yeah, you know, like, I don't know, there's, there's so much to talk about, really, you know, like, you know, did you have any specific questions for Mike and Albert that you wanted to get going on or? No, Ash, I think, I think you just open it and then we can do some, we can do some of the Facebook questions, you know? Okay. And then from there it'll evolve and conversations will spin off and probably my questions will fit into that. Okay. Well, one thing I think that would be good for even like Mike to, to describe, because especially like he's just saying how opposite he is to us. Like I don't get up at 4.30. I go to sleep at 4.30. So, <laughs> like when you're going to bed, we're on a different schedule. So um, some people are asking about like how we structure our time for to keep our personal projects in perspective so that we can continually grow individually. Um, let's just go round table. Let's, let's start with whoever wants to start and let's make sure we get everybody in on that. But you know, how are you guys structuring, structuring your day? How important are personal projects? How are you guys achieving these goals? Okay, I'll call it out. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> you fuckers. Yeah, so I usually, you know, get up at, at 4.30 and try and, you know, work out, go run or something. And then I usually try and spend, you know, try and work till 8 on... Usually I'm trying to work on a short film just because that's like the longer projects that, you know, something that I've got to bang away at over, you know, the course of usually roughly a year. And then from there, I'll kind of, you know, do whatever work I have to do. And then sort of by the afternoon kind of start, you know, dicking around with uh, my everyday picture. And then, you know, usually finish that up, you know, during the course of the rest of the day. Um, and then that's pretty much it. I mean, get up the next day and do the same thing and kind of in the, in, in, um, somewhere in there, try and fit in, um, doing like VJ clips and stuff like that, uh, as well. The family but, and stuff. How do you, cause you, I mean, like we talked about, um, since then I've actually, I had a full-time job before, mm. um, we had last talk. I'm now doing sort of, you know, kind of part-time and doing like freelance stuff. Oh, um, good for you. How so, you like that? Do you like that? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been, been interesting. It's, it's really nice staying, um, you know, working from home and being able to, you know, see my, you know, I've got a almost one year old and, um, so you, my wife's home with her, uh, as well. So, you know, it's kind of nice being able to, you know, go for walks. It's going to fucking suck in the winter cause I'm going to be, you know, cooped up and it's going to be super fucking shitty out. But <laughs> right now it's nice being able to like go for walks and shit and, and being able to see them more. So that's, that's definitely, definitely been, been nice. On a ratio, how do you split the family time, personal work time and work and um and like client stuff um you can lie a little bit just to please your clients if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> <100% client. laughs> um, i don't really like i'm not really sure i like break it down it's usually just like at night is you know family time and and during the day is you know work time and and bullshit be bullshit time um yeah, I don't really have set times for anything, per se. I mean, we always, you know, eat dinner to, together, and now we, you know, are able to eat breakfast and lunch together, too. So, I mean, I get to see them, you know, a bunch throughout the day, which which is nice for, you know, little breaks and stuff. But we don't really have necessarily, like, you know, 
set times for for this or that. Yeah, people, that's... do you do a lot of like? Do you do a lot of client work that you don't show? I mean, mostly on your website, it's mostly VJ clips and personal artwork. I've never really seen a Beeple for a client. You're much like Syriac in that you just kind of make your own work and then I'm assuming client work will, you know, clients will see the personal work you're doing and ask you to kind of replicate for their brand. Is that, is that the case or? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, I mean, most of the stuff that I haven't, the client stuff is mostly just out of, you know, laziness of not posting it. And, (laughs) and the fucking website is just, a giant fucking pain in my ass just cause it's so old and shitty and hard to fucking update. And I don't, you know, use Squarespace so, plug. Yeah, Squarespace I, know, I, need, <laughs> I really need to fucking redo that with a CMS. Cause it's just, just a fucking clusterfuck. But that's the thing. I have so much like content on there. It's like just the everyday It's like migrating that over to something. It's like, ah, oh, that's, that's going to be such a pain in the ass. But so yeah, that that's pretty much it though. I mean, people have have reached out to me through the like you know VJ clips and stuff. Most of the stuff I do is like concert visuals, mostly concert stuff for like yeah. like um, musicians and stuff like that. Yep. Cool. And so, do you have? So I'm imagining because like when I look at your website, I think it you know clients and people can usually they don't step too far away from whatever you're selling you know like if you're selling apples like they're not going to ask you for an avocado so like right now what you're visually selling to the community of interests on the internet is what you kind of do on your passion right more or less so it's probably better that you don't show like maybe the client stuff that you do because that's yeah it's not really unless that is well it's not really like i'm not trying to show it it's more just um, I don't know. I guess I kind of see it as sort of separate entities, maybe more than you guys do. Mm. It's like the people stuff is just the like personal stuff where it's just sort of like, I don't know. I guess it's just, I don't know. I just, for, for some reason, like it to be more separate than the like client stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, if I don't know what your client stuff is, but if it's polar opposite, that might confuse people or it might make you do stuff that you don't want to do, you know? So it's not actually that different to be quite honest. Cause okay. I mean, especially a lot of the like visuals, I mean, it's, it's actually very similar stuff. I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, I just haven't really, and maybe I will start posting more stuff. It's just, what i'm serious you want to do something that's like i mean we i'm not just saying that because they sponsor the podcast but it's like a service that is legitimately works and it's easy because i know that feeling i remember that having that feeling like i want to share this stuff but like fuck that like spending an hour trying to like do all this stuff on the website like no no thanks that's just not that's a waste of time you know Mm -hmm. i'd rather make content stuff you know yeah for sure, I need to, to get hooked up with something like that. Dude, we'll hook you up, dude. Use the code TCP. <laughs> God, I'm so dirty with this. I'm not even trying to do that. I'm sorry to everybody. Or people, you just need to find like an intern camp that's going to take all your content and, and format it for this new Squarespace site that you're going to do. TCP. Dude. 
<laughs> oh, that's wonderful. We'll be sure that to make the code TCP sixty nine. We should. That's extra twenty five percent off. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a flashlight too, Joe Rogan style. <laughs> it's Joe Rogan's butthole. <laughs> all right, all right. So enough about freaking beep already. Sheesh, you're such a attention whore. Let's go to let's go G Monk. <laughs> Gee, how are you uh, separating? How are you balancing all this stuff? I know that you're working at a at a studio currently. Yeah, been, you know, it's it's always it's all going to change at the end of this month, my friends. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm leaving the studio lifestyle and going solo, working in my basement by myself. Oh shit! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And uh, I'm I'm extremely excited about it. It's just I'm a I'm a Sagittarius. I like change. I thrive on change. I thrive on like new beginnings and the energy, you know, wielded from that. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I've signed with, with, uh, with a rep, you know, and I'm just kind of going solo, solo monk style in the basement. Uh, so it's all going to change at the end of this month. Um, and it's just gonna be a lot more fluid, but right now with the studio gig, and this is actually a, a point that I wanted to bring up maybe later on is, uh, with Albert, you know, cause I know that, you know, Asher solo people and you're now solo Albert and I are, have been in a studio environment for a really long time. Um, but yeah, how I do the studio stuff is you just do it, you know, you know, show up at work at, at 11, probably stay until about seven or eight and then, you know, come home and I make lists, you know, I'm all about lists of just things, things I want to do. I usually have about like four projects going out at the same time, all in collaboration with different people. Um, mostly for just like entertainment or, or for our own pleasure, or, you know, this or that. And, uh, they just serve as passion projects and much like people, you know, for the longer, you know, the larger scale, you know, f- filmmaking stuff, um, you know, you just kind of chip away at it and, and sometimes you do it in a burst and sometimes it takes months and months. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just, it's, it's a, it's a, of the utmost priority to try to do more personal work than client work every year. That's my, like, that's my, my like guide to, uh, you know, proper design health is to do more personal work than client work. Uh, especially the work that I show is, is I try to have more personal work than client work. Cause you know, just like people is, is doing, you know, you, a lot of your personal work, Ash, I'm sure you've gotten a, a crazy amount of phone calls for the ghost in the shell, uh, work that you did. Um, that's what he did. You're not even my mom, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom didn't care. She was all that. She's weak. She's like, why are you ripping off this movie? <laughs> Seriously. Where's the naked dude? <laughs> and <Enough> boobs guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's always kind of the goal. Um, you know, that's always kind of the goal. It's just to, it's just to follow your own path. It's kind of like what Patrick was saying, you know, and, and, is you kind of consume, consume, consume until you find your own voice, and then you you run with your own voice fearlessly, you know. And I love that, you know. It's just fearless. You just just do what speaks to you, and and usually you'll get some phone calls because of that, you know. Yeah, you put that energy out there. I mean, it sounds so hippy trippy, kind of to say that, but I literally know that from experience that if you put that energy out there, if you put that effort out there, you're gonna have you're going to find your connections, you know, like that people are going to connect with that, you know, whether they like it or they don't, they're going to connect with it in some way, one or another, you know, like that's going to resonate with somebody. And that's why I think it's really important to be pure and true to yourself, whatever that is, you know? And I think that I get that question asked a lot about, you know, where should I start and what should I do and this and that. And instead of trying to find something from somebody else or 
it, it just go be yourself, I suppose. And that sounds kind of weird and you should definitely like, you know, it, it's hard to give advice for these kind of things too, because everybody's in their own stage and everybody's doing their own thing and they all have their own influences, you know? So, mm. but no, I, I think that's awesome. That's really great news to hear. And you got a rep. So can you give us some details on the, on the rep and what you did and why you did that and all that stuff too. Cause I'm sure. Yeah. I actually want to tell you two short little stories. I think, I think one thing that this is a story that I love to tell is that when I first met Joseph Kaczynski, who's, who's uh, you know, feature film director and, and dang um, name dropper is shit. Okay. The first thing Joe said to me when we met each other was he was like, dude, I love, I love that black man on your website. That's the first thing he said to me. He's like, I love that black dancing black dude. It's so awesome. He's like, you do really great motion graphics work. You know, do you want to work on holograms for Tron? <laughs> you know, 300 pounds of muscle milk on my website that I, you know, put a lot of my heart and soul into for fun brought me, you know, the, one of the biggest gigs of my career. Um, so so the, the, the importance of personal work and getting it out there you just never know what's going to come from that. That's that's kind of the point I wanted to make there. And then uh, with the reps, dude, check this out. I, I go to Cannes. You know, uh, Box was in uh, up for some awards at Cannes, and I didn't really oh, – I shouldn't have gone, and I didn't really um, – you know, I paid for it myself. You know, it was like $2,200 plane ticket to Cannes. Damn. Yeah, it's fucking, I'm just like, why am I doing this? It's only for four days. This is stupid. We were like deep in production at a job uh, back at Autofuss. And I go there and I meet, you know, and, and just kind of with, you know, an open heart, just going to Cannes, you know, like not sure why I'm going, you know, and cool, just, people from Mott and Dolly were there, but that's where I met the reps that I signed with. And, and uh, you know, it's not public information until October 1st. And I don't know when you're going to publish this thing, but um, they're wonderful. And it's, it wouldn't have happened if I would have just emailed them and been like, Hey, you know, what's up? I'm looking for reps. It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have happened. It's just because, uh, and the lesson from this and the story about Joe is you, you just put yourself out there and, and you network and you, you, you go to these, you know, conferences and, and things, uh, of that nature to meet and network people. It's just as important as anything else in a lot of ways. Um, is to you know grow your network and as you're starting to discover that as you're doing the conference circuit, um, you know you 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 really there's nothing there's nothing better than just a, a personal bond face to face you know and and then enjoying time together you know in the in the spirit of art and you know in celebration. So it's so um, rad. I think getting on the circuit, the just talking to people and being in that familiar space is is really cool. You know, like it's just. You know, usually it's just like-minded people, you know, which is awesome. Yeah, and the beauty and the beauty about it is that when you see speakers in a row, you know, one after the other after the other, you know, Jessica Heesh to Florian Schmidt to Ryan Honey to Ash Dorp, and you just see how completely different everyone is in everything they do, the, the, the design aesthetic, the way they present their work, their personality, their sense of humor, their sensibilities, everything. It just makes you appreciate how unique all of us are and it also encourages you not to think that we're all in competition with each other because we're all so unique and we all have our own path that it's actually a beautiful thing um that uniqueness you know what and, a hippie and, <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> no and you're right you're absolutely sure, right yeah man albert's a fucking 
he's got some tippy in him. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I'd love to see people give a give a speech. That'd be so funny. Dude, I so, never, I never last night. It fucking sucks. I've, I've never even been to a conference. Like all these, I've never been to a single conference. You should go, man. We. Should. I know I should go. It's like saying that, but it's like fuck. There's always so far away. It's like yeah, you guys out in fucking California. It's like oh, what conference is this weekend? Oh, sweet. Here's fucking SIGGRAPH. Here's whatever. <laughs> yeah, if I want to go somewhere, it's like, okay, get on a fucking plane and go halfway across the goddamn world. People, <laughs> you, you go to Toronto. That's yeah. Close. Yeah. They pay for it, too. It's fun. You can bring your family. It's cool, man. It's definitely cool. You get to travel. Yeah. You get to basically travel on the steam of your own, like, your own creation, which is great, you know? like Which one is in Toronto? Yeah, FITC is in Toronto. Toronto. Next year. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. That would be definitely chest awesome. hair and all, dude. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring that '69 sauce. What are they? <laughs> that's the thing. Like, like most of these conferences, are they like? They're not really like technical, right? Are they're that more like super, just sort of like super inspirational stuff. or whatever? Uh, it's, it's it's a mixture of everything, man. Just depends Congrats. on who's talking, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Conference like IO, which is next door to you in Minneapolis, um, that's very technical because it's mostly generative art. And then there's conferences like Off, which is more like illustrators, photographers, or designers. And then FITC is kind of somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, a lot of lot of developers and a lot of technical speeches, as well as tons of design and stuff. It's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. All right, you two, shut up and let Albert talk already, you guys. Yeah, Albert! (laughs) I'm just joking, but no, that's, uh, congratulations, though. That's awesome. It's great news. Yeah, that is sweet. It's really cool to hear that you're going to be able to get some, you know, some space to yourself and your mind and stuff and work on it, and then you're going to hate it, and then you go back to studio, and it's going to be, you know, a nice nice vicious cycle, but... I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. It is the beauty of it. It's the cycle, and and I would actually love to hear uh, Albert's thoughts on, because Albert's basically working at probably the best top studio in the world right now and in box sure yeah rules and you know the the talent and the resources um and just i would love to hear kind of about your experience working there and kind of you know your push as you get more exposure exposure as an individual and that calling like how are you balancing that desire to promote your own name and then also kind of um you know, work within the studio environment that, you know, is Buck and, and everything is directed by Buck and it's kind of the Buck show. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, actually. Um, well, like, I, I think it's become a lot easier for me recently because uh, most of what I do at Buck is, is very technical and it's very, like, it's pipeline and it's designing systems and uh, a lot of code and I don't touch the projects quite as much as I used to. Like, I'm not uh, on the box, like, animating. Like, I used to do, you know, everything. And now it's, it's it's mostly just technical stuff. So I think it's easier for me to, like, compartmentalize my creative output from my, like, just purely technical output, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's like I go to work and that's where I do programming. And then I kind of come home and do a bunch of crazy, wacky art you know um but yeah it is it is it is kind of weird that you know you know buck is kind of a single director model everybody contributes to 
to Buck. You know, it's not just one person's name as the director. It's it's everybody, and everybody gets a say. You know, so um, I think it is unique in that way. But that is the that's the secret sauce of Buck, and that's what makes that's what makes everything so good that comes out of there. You know, that's really cool to hear that people are willing to like kind of possibly push their ego aside for the better cause of the actual project and the the. And that's probably why they're you guys are doing so well, you know. And that's why people are staying so long because there's no, there is no individual at Buck, and that's the beauty of it. Can you guys there's, how there's, many, can you guys move down to San Diego, please? Yeah, that would be <laughs> nice. I mean, most of my family lives down there. I would love that. That'd be perfect. How many people is that company? Um, now it's four thousand. It's, it's uh, it's like eighty now between New York and LA. But uh, when I got there, it was like half that size. It's wow, the most okay. ridiculous assemblage of talent in the world yeah. it's, it's so out of control yeah it's yeah, absurd sure. it's, it's it's truly absurd like i if anybody feels like they belong there they're probably arrogant because it's so absurd the level of talent that is there that's so, awesome that's really cool so when you go into work it's just very inspiring to be there then i'm a, and then you're like shit like i gotta bring my a game so i can impress like joe schmo or you don't give a crap well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're, you're there with people that you know are like the best at, in the world at whatever they do. So you, I mean, you kind of, you, you at least feel like you should be the best in the world at what you do, you know, or at least try to. Yeah. Well, that's dope. Yeah. And, and the guys that run it, you know, Ryan and Orion are, I swear to God, are two of the most like chill, grounded, selfless, like collaborative, family oriented. They're just the most beautiful human beings. They're really, really special dudes. I worked with both of those guys at heavy in 2001 and they were, you know, Orion was like the senior designer and Ryan was the creative director. And, um, so I go back with those dudes, man, lots of joints in the stairwell with Mr. Honey and <laughs> you know, we watch the world trade centers, you know, blow up together up on the roof. And I mean, you know, I go back with those guys and I, I can't say enough good things about him. You know, I, I learned one of the questions that I saw is, you know, I was preparing for this guy. So I was preparing for TCP 69 and I was looking over the questions. And one of the questions uh, that my man, Jason Kerr asked was about, you know, just really influential creative directors that we've worked for in our careers. And, and then, and what did we learn from them? And the one thing that I learned from Ryan Honey was kind of just this, the, the vibe the chill like when do you ever see ryan honey stressed out or panic or just like yeah. it's always like really even and controlled and really easy it's really easy to communicate with him and he communicates very very well and and just the that whole vibe it's just a vibe it's an energy is actually really calming and takes out a lot of the noise that usually is associated with the workplace you know, when you work for creative directors that are stressed out and pulling their hair all the time, and that energy actually throws your creativity off a lot of the times. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Those are those those are your navigators, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to be cautious, I think, especially as a navigator too. So, how how about you, Albert? Do you do you have somebody that you know, or a couple people that are, you can remember? I mean, you're currently working with them, obviously, but you know you said you're doing more technical stuff. So you're probably working on everybody's project all at once, kind of just doing, you know, cleaning everybody up, making sure they're all digitally nice. Yeah. I'm like a, I, I call myself like a technical shaman, the digital maid. Yeah. basically w- Wiping people's digital asses. <laughs> Here, let me fix that for you. Ah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure it's more than that. I'm just giving you shit. But is when you were doing, I guess, supposedly, I mean, 
if you get down in, in the trenches with everybody, where, where there are some creatives that you noticed they had something special and, and what were those qualities? Cause there, there definitely are qualities to things, you know, for people to be better at it. So, yeah, I mean, I've met so many different, so many different kinds of people that are so talented and, um, I mean, I could drop a ton of names, but I mean, the one thing that I think they all have in common is they are all super humble. Like almost every single one of them, I think is, uh, they're always striving to be better and they look at their own work and they don't, they don't think it's that great. And, you know, everybody else might be telling them, Oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. And they, you know, like, like people, they'll just say, you know, this is shit. I hate it. You know, (laughs) it seems to be a common thread. It's like, yeah. I mean, once you say I'm good enough, then you, you suck at that point, you know? So that's, that's the common thing. They, they just all, you know, are striving to get better constantly, constantly beating themselves up, you know, to get better. Would you say that to be good at what you do is to punish yourself perhaps, or is that too much? going too far um i would i mean i'd say that's that might be accurate as long as you see that that you know you have to feel some pain to know what pleasure is you know like you need you need some of that bad to even know what's good you know (laughs) yeah i agree i think that's 100 (laughs) percent. who's laughing how dare you (laughs) Uh, it's just kind of i'm kind of picturing you guys fucking like strapping on some sort of weird dildo thing that is like fucking like Dude, <laughs> painful. Dude, how dare you? This is a family podcast. What you guys are talking about all this pleasure and pain. Squirt shit. Squirt 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 Come on, dude. Fucking like S and M shit. Me first. Me first. Oh yeah, episode sixty nine. I forgot. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think so. What what Brad Bradley said was, uh, you know, being patient, or I don't know, what was it more composed? You know, being composed yeah, and composure. also being hum- humble. My therapist says this one thing I thought was pretty interesting. She said, uh, and we should talk about therapy too, because I think this is an interesting topic. I was talking, I had lunch with Tim Tatter last week, I think, and we had such a great talk. And uh, he, we were talking about therapy and all that stuff. And he was like, yeah, what's the deal with all the stigma? And I was, and I have a lot to talk about with that. I want to see what you guys think, if you guys have used. I know, I think, Bradley, you think we talked about it too, but I don't know if I you love want therapy. Yeah, I think it's great, you know, like you put you, well, you change the oil in your car, but you can't freaking like help your brain, like in your life process, like how to be better at it, you know? So, but uh, anyway, so what she says is, is to be humble, she say, be brilliant, but with humble feet. So like have your cloud, your head in the clouds, but also be grounded. So being Mm -hmm. both at the same time, but almost being that spectrum at all times, if you can. So you're basically, that's why what you guys both said, it made a lot of sense because those are two of the really big traits that I found in people that I uh, uh, really respect and enjoyed working with. They had those traits as well. Yeah, definitely. Mike, what do you think? You're just like, fuck it. (laughs) Uh, In terms of... Do you know, have you worked with somebody that's creative that you really enjoyed or have you gotten to that or are you, have you been on kind of your own thing or... Who's, who, um, what's the trait basically that has really solidified something special for you? I think for sure having somebody who's like you know not freaking out that that absolutely helps helps a ton. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't done you know up until the past you know little bit here. I was the the job that I was doing was uh, design work for we- a web company here in Wisconsin, and it was all programmers doing like web stuff. I was like the 
for a long time the only graphic designer at the company and this is just a little 20 person company that does you know local sites so i have far far less experience than you guys you know working on like i've never worked really you know with like a studio per se or any like big projects with you know like tons of moving parts in terms of you know creative directors and art directors and blah 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 like the the freelance stuff i've done has been more smaller projects just working with like smaller people a couple people so i can't really speak to you know that sort of environment or really like work experience you know what i mean yeah so it's i think i do you want that um I don't know. I don't know because I've never had it. So it's like, sure, I, sure. I don't really know what it's, what it's like, to be honest. You don't lust for it every night before bed at nine o'clock <laughs> after your cocoa? <laughs> <laughs> <Nine> o'clock. <laughs> you fucking lightweight shit. <laughs> that's when, yeah, I, I don't that's know. when the it's, second shift starts. <laughs> yeah. Turn it up, no. baby. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't don't have any sort of frame of reference for that so it's you know i can't imagine like you guys working on you know tron or you know on you know total recall or one of those where you guys are working on you know a project like that for like you know five months or whatever i i don't know what that looks like in terms of like a day-to-day type thing or you know working with you know on such a big big thing over such a long period of time i've never never really worked professionally on something like that you know what i mean yeah how'd you get so good yeah you fucker um Got that just Wisconsin doing my blood. own thing beeps how did how did like beeps i can ask you a few questions i know the beeps just came out of nowhere <laughs> oh shit how dare you <laughs> um like you're doing these images every day right mm-hmm. and like i they're pretty polished to me, to, to most, to most people, when they look at it, they're pretty polished. And like, how are you sending? Like, is it like a three to four hour thing? And you're, you're like, we're just, just describe the process. Like describe you're, you're like, do you think about it ahead of time or do you just Um, sit down or like, how, how do you gain your inspiration? And then how do you execute it so fast? Like what are, how explain like how it every day happens. Um, well, usually sometimes I'll have like an idea going in. Um, other times I'll just go on Pinterest. I fucking raped the shit out of your Pinterest boards. I can tell you that. (laughs) Um, I bet your monitors is nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Go on Pinterest, go on Behance, found or, you know, Tumblr, whatever. Um, and you know, sometimes just try and find something that kind of strikes a chord there. Um, otherwise just go into the program and start fucking around and, you know, this or that. And a lot of times every days will be, you know, like, um, pieces of what I'm working on for a bigger project. So it'll be like, okay, I need to model this thing. It's always starting from scratch, which is kind of a, you know, annoying at times when it's sort of like, okay, you know, I'm trying to model something bigger, but I have to like kind of start from scratch each day. Um, But it's like, it'll be, you know, something that's for like a short film or something, but then I'll just kind of fuck around with it for 
a while and then you know at some point kind of hit render and take it into photoshop and try and make it suck a little less and that's pretty much it it's it's not i feel pretty strongly that the most productive part of any project is the first like hour or that i feel like it trails off towards the end and i feel like that goes with a lot of things so i feel like it might seem like it's more polished than it is and that's it's almost never very polished in reality. It's like, okay, I, I, you know, need to go to bed or I need to fucking not be at the computer for 15 minutes today type thing. Like, okay, it's got to be done. That's why it's like, you know, it, it always feels like it's like if I had, you know, another 20 minutes, another half hour, I could, you know, really get it how I want. It's like the, just the thing I just uploaded, you know, a half hour ago or whatever, an hour ago. It's like the framing on it. It's like, yeah, I went back and forth a million times. It's like, yeah, I really just don't like how it's like framed. So it's, there's always something where it's like, feels like a fucking failure. Cause it's like, ah, this one little thing, this or that, you know, I mean, some of them feel like full on failures just cause the whole concept was shit, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I can assure you it does not, it's, they're not as polished as you think as they exactly. might. And Shut up, dude. What's, what's <laughs> like motivating you to do this every day? Like, what is you've been doing this what for almost two thousand six hundred and ninety six days as of now? For yeah, like seven years. Oh, I'm just trying <laughs> to get better. It's just every it's, year. It's just like a. It's you are though. I can see it. You're getting so much better. Yeah, and I love how I can see it. it's like a timeline of your yeah. of your growth. I think it's fucking rad that you're doing it every day. Sorry, I didn't mean to budge in. I just wanted to, you know, you know. No, no, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, there's so many, you know, so many programs and shit out there to like learn. And I didn't go to school for this stuff. So, you know, I feel like even honestly, up until probably like hmm, maybe like three years ago, I had used Photoshop almost zero. I was using everything before probably three years ago i was using macromedia fireworks 8 oh shit came out in 2005 ish (laughs) using that for everything i and still even now i really don't know photoshop that well most people don't though it's one of those programs that you can kind of you can really just fudge your way around it's, I think uh, yeah, that's why it I makes it so strong. With things, but it's like if I had to do something very technical, not even very technical, just a very specific thing in the program, mm-hmm. there's probably a good chance to be like, okay, well, I'm going to fucking watch a tutorial because I have no clue how to fucking <laughs> do that. And then I'm, you know, Googling it on YouTube and I, I find a tutorial where there's a fucking 11 year old teaching me how to do it. <laughs> Don't you love that too? The most complicated uh, shit. It's like some kid yeah. from the UK is like, you know, you just press this button over here. It's like, <laughs> like, God damn. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> it's always a kid from the UK. They're teaching like everybody this shit. Did you notice that? It's always kids. It's always fucking kids. It's like, God damn it. And I'm like, wait, wait, okay. If I can't figure this out and this kid, like he sounds like he's in like seventh grade or something. He's showing me. I'm like, I'm going to be out of a job and like, how, when does he get out of high school? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take my job, kid from the UK, please. But no, I think it's really awesome that you're doing them. I think that um, 
the idea of doing something every day towards your own growth is commendable. You know, I don't think that hardly any people. Yeah. It's crazy discipline. I mean, as much as you downplay it, dude, you're, you know, like we're, we're, we, I think we're all in awe of that. And I think we all are inspired by that because we all want that too. And I think that, you know, there's a million excuses not to do something, but there's, you know, only one that to do something, you know? And I think that by you sticking to your goals of, of, growing and continually challenging yourself or exploring things. Um, I think it's commendable, man. I think it's awesome. You know, I think it's rad that you're just having fun building it out and, you know, something of it, you know, it's, and that's the thing. It doesn't, once you can get a momentum down of so many days, it's not that hard to like, keep it going. It's getting that momentum going. It's two weeks Mm -hmm. usually for me, at least like, you know, that's I, the hard part the, yeah the first two weeks of anything like when i start working out or whatever but that's when that's when uh you know that's when it really gets a struggle have you ever missed any days nope i have not missed a single day in that seven years dude what the fuck <laughs> Wait, you, the, you, what you, about like holidays and shit there's been there's been a few maybe five times where i haven't been able to upload it by midnight just because Ooh, we had diarrhea I was no like we were camping once or something <laughs> like that <laughs> fucking camping dude how dare it but other than that i haven't actually missed a single day in terms of doing it before midnight wow that is insane that's, yeah that's it's actually, shit, i'm surprised i haven't just forgotten <laughs> and i've got like a reminder on my phone but i'm guaranteed one day it'll just be like oh fuck I didn't fucking do it today. Fuck. You think that's going to shatter you a little bit? Or you think that that you're going to be fine? No, because I I feel strongly that it's sort of like those other days don't fucking matter. What matters is today. All the other days are just fucking bullshit. That's in the past. What matters is what you fucking do today. So it's sort of like you miss a day. Well, that's... Stop with that hippie bullshit, man. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Uh, You earn each day. Hippie. (laughs) Dude, well, that's true, and I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's, uh, you know, I think looking at life in the current situation that you're in and not reflecting on the future or the past, I think that's a good way of really understanding how to achieve things, you know. I think Mm -hmm. obviously forecasting is important, but only within range, but just taking care of what you can at the moment that you can, as long as you know that what you're doing is helping yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, not harming anybody, then I think you're on to the right right way i suppose you know so yeah the thing that i've noticed a lot about your work and that you've managed to pull off consistently as it's growing and i'm not sure if it's it's probably many things but you're getting a crazy amount of really good textures is that making sense Mm -hmm. like your like your textures and shit your understanding of textures and cameras and 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 where to put the camera the focus point of cameras rendering too yeah the rendering shit i mean as as cinema 4d is growing you are growing along with it yeah, it's definitely interesting. I've gotten a lot more into like plugins and stuff, you know, just over the past probably like year. And it's just like, it's su- such a good way to sort of like expand the, you know, what the program, because, you know, they, they add stuff each year, but usually it's not like a, you know, crazy huge amount of like things. Whereas, you know, you can find plugins that just like expand you know hugely the the capabilities of the program so that's definitely been been interesting you got some cool plugins you can give a shout out to support those bitches 
Um, C4D plugins? Honestly, not anything that's like super rare. I mean, I've been doing, you know, Octane this year and X Particles. I mean, those those alone, X Particles just has fucking retarded amount of like things you can do with that. So, and and I don't really the rendering it. engine? Yeah, what? Octane is like a rendering. It's it's similar to um to like V-Ray, it, but it's got a lot less settings and it's it's runs off of your GPU instead of your CPU. Huh. Albert, so, what about you? Do you use plugins and stuff? Do you guys kind of play with that stuff? Um, I have to write a lot of plugins. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He's like at another <laughs> level. He's like, hey, I just write the Bible and shit, whatever. <laughs> in Cinema, uh, yeah, I don't use I don't use many plugins. I tried using V-Ray in Cinema, but I just I don't know. I just I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it enough. Like I know the Cinema render really well, so like I don't know. It's hard for me to learn V-Ray within there. Like I'm better in with V-Ray like in Maya, I think, than I am in Cinema, hmm. but. Yeah, is, just it, with, is it that different in terms of the like how it's set up? I think it's it's pr- it's kind of similar, but the problem is is that I learned cinema so well before I was even introduced to V-Ray that like I just I'm I always feel like it's easier to just do it with like cinema shaders than it is with V-Ray, but mm-hmm. that's just me personally. I don't know. See, I'd always I always kind of fantasize about learning like Maya or like <laughs> I think everybody usually, does, right? Usually Maya, but it's a temptress. I don't know. It just seems like I don't it's know. really gross. Like it's a really gross program. <laughs> we we do nothing but like talk shit about Maya all day long. It's it's I've, disgusting. <laughs> I've heard the same thing, you know, and that's one thing I find. What do funny. you mean by gross? Like it's just it's it's disgusting. It's like a diseased like. <laughs> corpse or something it's like they just keep tacking things onto it nothing ever gets fixed and it's just like it's just this like frankenstein monster that they everybody tack uses pieces it. on and yeah i mean it is very powerful but i i wouldn't recommend anybody like dive into maya right now i'd yeah it's i'd say like clusterfuck of different modules yeah it's just so all over the place and there's no cohesive like paradigm that ties that program together really it's hmm. uh, yeah i don't know i think there's you'd be better off learning like moto or something like that that's like super modern you know that's what i've heard i've heard lots of great things about moto even um moments of inspiration uh moi have you heard of that one i think we talked about it actually oh yeah that modeling the modeling yeah, the mo- just for modeling basically but yeah and how about um like 3d studio max for all the pc dudes is that a good program as well or is it kind of on the Maya thing where it's just like a big bloated corpse and it's just like people are just putting post-it notes on it? I, I think it's, I think <laughs> it's better. Smell. I think it's better in quality than Maya, mm-hmm. but uh, it's only on Windows, so it's kind of limited. You know, like big shops, most of them use Linux, so they don't, they can't use Macs. So, I mean, there's certain studios that do amazing things with Macs, like Blur. I mean, they're yeah. crazy with Macs. But Wait, most of these studios run Windows. Um, no, most of them run Linux, the big ones, like, like Sony and, you know, like Pixar, like huge, massive companies. Blur is using PC though, right? I think is a... I I think they're on, yeah, they must be on Windows because they use Mac. Studio Max, yeah. And I don't think they use Apple all that much. I know when I did stuff with them on Spider-Man, I think some of the crew, like the motion crew, I think, I believe use Mac, but I think the big... The big gnarly like 3D rendering dudes are using uh, 3D Studio Max, which just seems to be a very capable program. But I guess it's like any program, right? What kind of pro- what kind of plugins are you gen- like generally like 
creating and stuff and if you can speak about them you don't have to though if you can't they're top secret shit yeah i mean most of them aren't that interesting (laughs) they're just like things to help the artists like you know manage manage their their assets and their and their workflows and stuff like that um it's yeah it's a lot of like boring like back-end business stuff that you know just ties the whole pipeline together and really it's allowed us to grow and you know do these bigger jobs um that have a lot of like repetitive things like um, we do a lot of jobs for McDonald's right now, and it's kind of like That's the same character over and over again. Um, <laughs> the French fry guy or the clown? It's, it's like a Happy Meal character. His name's uh, Happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure whatever you guys do is going to be freaking awesome. You guys should do something rad with uh, native foods. Yeah, native yeah. foods. Yeah. <laughs> we got native foods down in San Diego. Dude, what's up, man? We got two of them, I think, down here now. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is like 20 minutes away from me, dude. You ever have the scorpion burger? Ah, that's the shit right there, dude. Okay. I didn't even realize it was fucking not, it was vegan shit, dude. I was like, what the hell? shit. Yeah, it was, that shit. Yeah, hippies. Have you guys had any native foods before? Have you guys had it? I've never had it. No, I've never heard of that. Dude, next time I come up There's there. There's certainly no native foods in Wisconsin. There is not. <laughs> I can assure you of that. There might be like four vegans in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you guys no. ate them. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. You burn them. <laughs> Everything is fucking bratwurst and more bratwurst. Bratwurst <laughs> stuff with fucking bratwurst. And donut holes stuff with bratwurst. <laughs> that sounds hot as shit. <laughs> my friend uh franks he was at like a deli and they had like the bread with the hole in it and he sent me a picture of it, it was like this is ash's bread <laughs> and i was like look like a fleshlight like you're gonna but every time i see like because that's what how come, you, you, how come you know so much about the fleshlight yeah it's a joe rogan podcast dude he's like, <laughs> yeah. like he he doesn't he's like too crazy to, to be sponsored by them now but like back in the day like uh, every day I listen to the podcast, I was like, yeah, I should buy a fleshlight. I think Joe Rogan's right. <laughs> I never I, let it be known. I haven't bought one yet. And once I do, I'll let everybody know. But yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm an expert on the fleshlight due to Joe Rogan. You know, it's like my obsession with Sir Jojo. He's but, um, yeah, but no, man, that's, I mean, talking about plugins and stuff. I mean, that's got to be really interesting and probably really challenging, Albert, to do. Is that... Because you're you're working in a completely different mind space, I suppose. Or do you consider the creative space and what you're doing now with like, which is technical support and helping everybody kind of work efficiently? Do you feel that they're within the same kind of mental construct, or they you do you have to kind of like leave your body and to go handle these these problems? There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely context switching between like programming and and doing creative work. It's 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 hard to be in both spaces at once, um, but. I, I think I approach creative work probably differently than a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of designers, uh, they approach it kind of top down. They come up with an idea and then they'll figure out how to make it. Mm. Whereas I'm like starting at the bottom and I'm looking at the technology and looking at the way it works and the code. And then a lot of the times an idea will come out of that. Mm. So I'm kind of like working at it the opposite way, I think. Did you, yeah. did you go to school for programming or how did you get into that? Um, well, I, my first time I ever touched a computer, it was programming and it was, I think I was like eight years old. I went over to my friend's house and his dad was some kind of engineer or something. And he, he booted up a computer and I'd never even seen one before. And they loaded up this thing called QBasic, which is like an old programming language. And, uh, 
he showed me like, you know, just like really simple things. Like we'd make little games where you, it asked you for your name and then it would say like, you are so cool, you know, with your name in it. And, uh, <laughs> just like really simple programs. But, uh, yeah, my mind just kind of got wired for that. So yeah, I've been programming since I was like eight years old. And then, um, the high school I went to had an amazing computer science program. Uh, I went, I went to it for three years and it was like college level computer science. Oh, and nice. uh, the the teacher, like, I, I totally did not fit in with the rest of the kids, but the teacher, like, really wanted me to be on the team. And uh, so I would go to the, on the, like, on the team events with all the other kids and we'd travel around and, like, do competitions and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I just never really fit in with, with those kids. <laughs> and I always wanted to just hang out with other kids and stuff. And, uh, but I was always really good at programming and yeah, I went to college for computer science and I wound up dropping out because I just, I like already knew too much and I just was not into it. <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's, that stuff is in Python, did, I think I read somewhere. What was it? What are you programming? Oh, programming, Hello. yeah. What, what, are you, what are you using to do programming? What language? Now? Brazilian, oh. Portuguese. Mostly, uh, Mostly at Buck, we use Python, Python for everything, just because it integrates with like every single, every single program we use pretty much is Python. Hmm. Hmm. Some crazy shit. You know what's even crazier? You guys got to talk about some psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to, did you go to Burning Man this year? I know, I know Monko went to Burning Man. No, I've actually never been. I've never been to Burning Man. Do you want to go? Mandatory vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Staycation. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do, I, I would love to experience it. I've just never, yeah, I never had the opportunity and I've never really been with a group of people that I felt comfortable with going, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's smart though. You don't want to do that shit unless you're feeling comfortable, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people do drugs without really setting themselves up for the, a good opportunity to have a good experience. And that's why drugs and things in, in general have a bad rap, I think, um, because people don't, like understand how to really consume an experience properly you know well, i've heard the stupidest Thomas. shit yeah, <laughs> yeah i've heard the craziest shit like yeah you know like i was doing this thing and and i was at this party with these, all these people i didn't know and trust and then i decided to do psychedelic i'm like are you fucking stupid like of course you're gonna have a pa pa panic attack and hate everybody you know like what the fuck you know <laughs> and that's why and then you're gonna hate the drug of course the experience bad you know so but yeah, that's smart of you not to. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, capitalizing on this moment to express the possibilities and not having a bad experience if you're somewhat a, aware of a possible situation. You know, I usually, I usually use the explanation of like watching a film. I wouldn't go out into the desert in the middle of summer with my iPhone and go watch fucking Dark Knight. You know, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like the stupidest fucking way to watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just. But here, let me let me let me chime in for a second on on. Dude, chime it. You're the freaking guy. Feel, I stuff. feel like. I feel like drugs in a way are what like what Beeple is doing with every day. It's it's it trains you to improve and to learn about yourself and about the world around you. And in in a way, drugs, especially some like drugs like like ketamine, for instance, is like it's like a handicap that you then overcome both mentally and physically, and that is actually strengthening your resolve. And so if you use like cannabis on a daily basis and somehow can become completely normal using cannabis or enhanced or better than normal, 
then your normal then becomes more educated. Yeah, it alters your uh, equilibrium for sure. Yeah. Your social equilibrium. Yeah. In a good it's or a bad way, I guess it doesn't, you know, it's up to you to decide. It's like, what it's does like ketamine do. Oh, God. Gives you the hugest fucking boner. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're a raging TCB69 boner. <laughs> no, what does it do? Break it down because you're like, you're like the wizard. Is a is a horribly uh, confused drug that a lot of people use, and I, I don't really recommend it, but it's, it's, it's like, People either call it rat poison or a horse tranquilizer. I think it's <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It essentially, it essentially like email it to me, bro. Feel like you've been shot with a tranquilizer gun, <laughs> and you have to like fight your way out of this like physical <laughs> handicap. Terrible. Handicap. <laughs> and your whole like vision goes into like this weird like spherized like fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of. <laughs> perception and you just like fight through it uh, it's <laughs> so a dissociative <laughs> how much of this like, uh, how much of these like experiences do you think training <laughs> i don't know that's uh, yeah, i guess, <laughs> I, guess you, I mean there there's a quote that i remember hearing in a video about jujitsu is like you die every day that's what that's why so many guys that do jujitsu are humbled because they're constantly like subtly dying i suppose and it's like a natural high that's interesting to think about those two connecting but um yeah, that sounds really crazy. Do you? Th how much of these experiences do you think that you're mentally able to take back with you into reality? Like out of a trip, if you have like a really fascinating trip, obviously it's almost like trying to explain what an image is to somebody. Do you feel like it's the same for you as a person? Like it's a shattered, almost hard to explain con like conversation with yourself? Um. I mean, look, I, I think I devoutly believe in all of the natural substances like cannabis, 100% natural, psilocybin, 100% natural, ayahuasca, 100% natural. These to me are medicines, right? And anytime you start getting into chemicals, um, ketamine, super chemical, um, cocaine, usually cut with chemicals, uh, you know, MDMA, you know, cut with chemicals, those are kind of, that starts to get into you know, that those chemicals and pharmaceuticals, I also really am scared of. I'm actually scared of pharmaceuticals more so than any drug. Yeah, that's just fucking just creepy. Super addictive. Yeah. Super like it's it's scary stuff, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think that when you're talking about the natural substances, there's a there's a warmth to them. There's a it's like it's like shooting on film versus shooting digitally, you know. It's like there's this warmth <laughs> warmth to it that I actually think is very it's medicinal in a lot of ways. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, with, I think the one that you, the, the, the drug that if you call it a drug is, is the one that you'll learn the most from are the psychedelics, you know, the, the psilocybin, the ayahuasca, the DMT, the, the LSD, those are like the real deep dives into your subconsciousness and your psyche. And you'll usually glean some sort of like really, really, really profound, uh, lesson and, and you know the stronger the substance like you know the ayahuasca every time you do ayahuasca there's going to be a you know a whole lot of things learned by yourself and that's, try that shit every so, time i tell my wife that though she looks at me like fuck you <laughs> I'm like damn it i guess I, mean, I tell you man that stuff's that's some of the most powerful medicine on earth yeah i've heard it um i've, I've done a bit of research on it too i find it to be fascinating the whole oh, pineal man. gland and opening up that third eye and shit and it's like i don't know it's crazy I don't know. I, it definitely sounds like an experience I would love to have. Have you have anybody else on this podcast experienced anything like that? And I, it's okay to say that we can, right? 
It's Albert. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I have. You know, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and like, how was that? You know, like. Well, I mean, uh, I think it's important too to uh, make the distinction between like drugs and psychedelics specifically because psychedelics are so unique in that they are. I mean, yeah, you can use them recreationally, but really it's not, you're not trying to achieve some kind of state of euphoria necessarily. It's, it's maybe not a comfortable experience, but it is like a very valuable tool for, uh, expanding your mind. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even, I mean, when I first started with, with psychedelics, I was like, you know, a young kid and we didn't really understand what we were doing, you know? Um, but I think as you, as you gain more respect for the, for the substances you can gain you gained a lot more out of it you know because you're not just tripping with your friends you might be trying to figure out what the universe is you know <laughs> yeah and what is the universe have you guys figured that out yet by using this shit <laughs> um we in a simulation because today i have fucking had an epiphany because a friend of mine sent me this video about this crazy cluster of, that we're in we're in our galaxy but we're part of this mega galaxy and when they showed how it traverses and, like, there's all this um, gravitational pull, but as it moves and shifts, it looks just like a way a neuron forms in our minds and how it fires. And part of me is like, dude, whoever made this simulation that we're all living in, it was lazy as fuck and made, it, made a bunch <laughs> of slim, slim, uh, visual similarities, you know? And so, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of concerned that if I do try any of these things, my mind's going to go like, oh my god, like, I'm in a simulation, bro, no! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to break the fucking shatter the glass of reality and just wake my, my soul up that's been dormant. Yeah, some hippie shit. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So, my original question, who understands what the universe is? And Mike, you got to also... Uh, talk if you have tried any of these things it's fucking truth I or dare you i have not you haven't tried any drug at all those things sound well i don't know that i go that far but i haven't <laughs> tried any of this shit it sounds fucking <laughs> terrifying <laughs> i just feel like it just sounds like i i i'm with you sort of that like i feel like some things can't be unlearned Hmm. And it's sort of like, uh, I don't know if I would go down that hole. It just... <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I mean, it, all, all it is, is it's just your mind. It's just your brain. There's nothing more to it than that. Yeah, but so that's... If you're comfortable with yourself, then that's it, really. Like, that's all there is to it. Yeah, well, you love yourself more, you fucker. Yeah, I love yourself, people. <laughs> uh, the, uh, have you ever had, like, a bad bad trip or whatever i had a a fainting trip in college at a fish show once <laughs> where i just fainted but i was in a huge like crowd and i probably ate way too many mushrooms and i it was hot as fuck and i was outside in arizona and i fainted but that was you never had something where you like freaked the fuck out no no because i always, i guess when i was really young i guess um, and not really used to it, but then you just learn that it's just, it's just your brain showing off. That's all it is. It's, 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 it's a light show. And, and then you, you embrace that, you embrace kind of the altered sense of reality and the, and, you know, and the, and the frequencies that you can see and be aware of. And then you dive deeper into that to find more meaning. And so it's never a frightening place for me personally. 
Um, although when, when I, when I do the shaman work, they always tell me that this is my happy place. Probably <laughs> because you embrace it though, right? You know, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's, yeah. it's like you, you, there's so much more, there's so much more to our perception than we understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We only see a spec. We only see a little bit. I only see a little bit. And, and the more that that's uncovered, uh, frankly, the more exciting things are. You know, I mean, things are plenty exciting. We're all very inspired human beings. And we, you know, thankfully, we all are in career paths that we're, we love and we, we couldn't imagine ourselves doing anything else. So we're very lucky in that sense. Um, but there's, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more, there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, and, and look, everyone, like I said earlier, we're all snowflakes. Everyone's unique. Everyone has a formula that works for them. And that's the beauty of it. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong. You know? Yeah. I find that I think with with when you tr- when you try a drug, I've I've only tried a couple interesting things, but I think that when you do experience this experience, when it takes hold of you, you can either fight it or you can embrace it. And 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 I think once you know yourself enough to embrace uh, the unfamiliar person within yourself, when that occurs, you find like a, a weird friendship with that whatever that is. That's it's like an alternate version of yourself. I think you know, and I think that. If you just embrace that, you find, I don't know, I find it to be, it doesn't, you don't fight it and you just allow it to happen and you have a really interesting experience, you know. That's what it was for me because I can feel myself slipping away, but instead of going like, oh, I need my reality, I say, fuck it, let that right reality float away, I don't give a shit, you know, like just float, float with it and let it become itself. And this, you know, almost my entire life, I, I didn't do anything until I was 30 years old and I was like straight edge, like super clean cut, like didn't do any drugs, didn't drink nothing for 30 years and so this is like I'm, I'm i feel like i'm more mature ready for the, an experience such as that you know so mm. well i wouldn't even i would i don't even know what i would do if i did drugs at a younger age i don't know if that would how i would react to that you know so so i just i didn't i don't think i developed i still don't think i'm developed yet you know like i'm still just like a stupid kid you know so <clears throat> but yes, stupid is right yeah a freaking <laughs> I have a, I have a I have a question to throw out into the into the group. Dude, I, I, drop I, it. I love having I love having three of you out there. Dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was at uh, a conference in Brighton a couple weeks ago, and I saw Kate Moross speak. Um, and you, do, are you all familiar with her work? She's a, a, a you know a young illustrator. I think she's about twenty six. She's super hot shit, incredibly talented, uh, British illustrator and designer. And she a part of her talk was about how much she hates Pinterest and how much she hates Tumblr and how, you know, and she showed slides where, you know, they show the interface of Tumblr and there's a big red X through it. And she was saying, you know, when you look at all this stuff, it's just regurgitation and it, it doesn't breed, you know, fresh, fresh thinking or fresh work. It's just regurgitation being, you know, inspired and influenced by other people's work. And I've been, you know, in, in some of the podcasts and in, in our conversations, Ash, you've been saying that you're actually looking less and less at work um, for the sake of having, you, you know, you kind of existing more in a bubble. Um, and people, you're kind of saying, you you hound Pinterest like a maniac. I do I do as well. Um, I'm all about reference. And it was funny because I spoke the day after Kate uh, in the same time slot. And kind Pinterest, of Pinterest, Pinterest, Pinterest. <laughs> I basically had to give like the complete 180. Hmm of her That's part cool. to say, look, you know, Pinterest is a resource. It's a platform used to organize reference. You know, there's it's nothing more than that. Like you can use it 
however you want. Like there's nobody telling you how to use Pinterest. It's, it's a platform to organize reference and it's really powerful. And you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of, you know, the modern way to use reference if you choose to use reference at all. Um, but I'm really, I'm really interested in that topic because, um, you know, I, I just think a lot of people use inspiration differently. And, you know, Kate's talk, her inspiration came, she had this whole bit about Tokyo. It was really funny. And, you know, all, all of her inspiration comes from like the colorful world of Tokyo, Japan and kind of Japanese pop culture and, and all of their toys and tidbits and this and that. And that's kind of her inspiration where she just finds in real life, um, you know, whereas, you know, me and people are kind of more what's in front of us on the internet using our resources to find inspiration in, for, in form of imagery and, and you know, videos and, and such. I know Asher devout, you know, film, film buff and just kind of devour films as such. I mean, it's all, it all essentially is the same, but I would just love to hear because yeah. uh, we all, you know, have a lot of output and I would just love to hear about how reference is playing in your, in your work now or in the past up until now. And, and so I would just like to throw that into the, into the pool. Fantastic question. Let's let's move that to Albert because he's been so quiet. I feel bad that we're just kind of like like matching <laughs> over. So, do you use like if you're using reference to be creative? Do you think that's helping or not? Like, I think that this is a really great conversation and question, yeah. and I want to make sure we all address it because I have my own opinions on it. So, but how about you? Like you personally? Well, I I, I go back and forth on this. Like. Uh, when I was in school, I hated looking at reference because I was like, I don't want to rip anybody else off. Like I, I want all my work to be completely original. I don't want anybody to ever compare me to anybody else and say like, Oh, this looks like that. Um, but then you start to realize like you have to use reference or else your work's (laughs) not going to be as good. Like I'll see like amazing designers and they have, you know, tons of reference up on their screen and they're they're They might be painting something from scratch, but they still have a ton of reference up on their screen. So, um, I kind of had to get over that, that idea that that reference made you like a cheater or something like that because uh, it's totally that's not true at all and uh, yeah I, I I mean I guess I maintain a Pinterest and I and I use it for inspiration but I feel like those ideas just kind of like go into my head and then uh, and then they get spit back out uh, in some other way like I don't usually directly reference pieces when I make something or you don't really realize that you are Right. Yeah, exactly. It's subconscious. Sure. And I think that's where a lot of people probably fall in as well, you know, like with their references and stuff. But that's good to know. And that's good that you that's how you feel about it, you know. How about you, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, look at a ton of shit every day. I mean, I feel like sometimes it can get to a point where it's it's almost like not helpful in terms of just like sometimes I, I have to be a little more mindful when I'm looking to like actually fucking look. Otherwise it just becomes this like endless fucking see, especially with like the way Pinterest and like Behance and like these sites are set up. It just is this fucking endless stream of <laughs> influence and you're not even like looking at it almost. It's just mm-hmm. like washing over your fucking face. <laughs> sometimes I kind of like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, take the first line of this or just what's up, whatever comes up on, on, you know, Pinterest, the first fucking screen or the, sometimes just the first image. And I'm going to like try and like just use that one thing. I try and like consciously sort of whittle down influences to try and, you know, sort of 
come up that's more for like everydays and stuff like that i mean if it's something that's i'm trying to achieve a certain look then i'll sort of try and you know bring in as much as possible that's sort of that same look but i felt i I felt for a long time the same way you know albert was saying in terms of that being sort of cheating but then it's you know the more i kind of i guess became a little more comfortable in my work then it's sort of you kind of realize that it's like okay well everything is a fucking like you know remix of everything else it's like if you think you're out there doing the most fucking original thing that nobody's thought of, it's like, okay, that's bullshit. That's everybody's, bullshit. Yeah. everybody's influenced by everybody else. Like, that's yeah. just how it is. I was just talking about this with Tom Muller today about, like, where does inspiration come from? And, you know, like, I think it's just a continued thought, basically, from one person to the next, and it just keeps inspiring and it keeps refining itself all the way from, like, the first times... Um, one of our ancestors grabbed like charcoal or whatever and started drawing on on less dark surfaces and creating things that mm-hmm. were trying to tell stories, whether that was the first initiation or was it finger in the sand or whatever it might have been, you, and, and taking the imagination and then refining that. But now we have all these tools and now we have this feed of things. And I think that, Mike, you mentioned something that's really important to be cautious of, I think, is how you consume it. You know, I find myself sometimes too, I just sit there like, uh, like scrolling. My mouse is all fucking warm and burnt out from the scroll. Like, you know, like yeah. I'm just consuming so much stuff. And I realize that I go like, fuck, did I really consume that properly? Like, you know, I remember as a kid, I only had a couple books of art that I like just shit myself over. And one of them was like the art of Star Wars. And it had a bunch of Ralph McQuarrie work in it. I was too young. I didn't even know who this guy was. I was just like, oh, fuck, this is so cool. I just, I, I knew that when I saw these images that it spoke to me and this is what I wanted to do. And I consumed them in a different way than I do on the images of the internet. And I'm, not, I'm imagining, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know this Kate lady. I haven't met her or seen her or, or heard her talk. But I imagine, I think it's really awesome that she's inspired by Tokyo. But when I look at her work, I see other artists in that mm-hmm. work. Like yeah. she's, I mean, as, as cool as it sounds to be your own person, get inspired by your own person. I think that's great. And I have some friends that are like fuck Tumblr and stuff, but they still use it. But I, I think that it's all about how you use it. And I think when I, for myself, when I use references, I'm absolutely obsessed and loving their, and I'm studying them. I'm almost like paying homage to them and I don't give a shit. Like all the time when I draw something, people are like, oh, that looks like so-and-so or that looks like so-and-so saying, I go, fuck, that's rad. Because if I'm, if I'm reminding you of this this artist that I fucking love, and I'm reminding you of them in a good way, mm-hmm. then I feel like I'm at least getting towards where I want to go. You know? Yeah, and that's so I thing. embrace it. I embrace it, but that's just that's how true. I embrace it, though. You know, so. But yeah, I think it's it's important to know you know how to be inspired, how far to take it, how to be yourself. You know, be aware that you're not original. If you are getting really heavily influenced by it, don't be like. Yeah, like, you know, this is my drawing, like, nobody influenced me, like, fuck you, like, don't do that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate when people do that, there's there's that, there's that a lot of that shit, you know, so, but, yeah, I don't know, I think... I think that's a great point, Ash, and I think, I think you know, I, I if you get, have given talks at schools, um, you know, and, and for people just getting out of school, trying to find a voice for themselves, you know, trying to find some way that people who are, are really into it, but are, are still kind of struggling to find their own, their own groove. And the best way to, to do that is what, what I tell them is to, is to use reference to kind of find the things that you love 
yeah. you know, find those things that just get your heart burning, you know, with something and then go after that. And then when it's time to kind of release yourself from that, then you've kind of chased it and you've learned all those lessons and gained all those skills and chasing that thing. And then you're kind of ready to set free on your own. And that's a, it's a great, that's just how kind of the, that's how teachers teach kids, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. what you know, they show them the masters and you learn from the masters and you, and then when you're ready, you kind of move on. That's, that's how it works, you know? So I remember um, scouring your website, Bradley. I remember going through there when I was tasked to work on um, total recall. And I remember just being like, fuck, how do you do this? And I was just researching everything. This is before I knew you. And I was like, you know, the team that was involved and I'd find everybody's website and their work and just get really stoked on it. And I studied you guys basically because I was curious because that was a new territory for me. But but by studying you guys, understanding what you guys did, and I went, okay, and then I'm going to connect all the things that I love on this other side. And I'm basically going to make my own thing. But I'm getting inspired by you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think by being inspired by you and what you guys have done on that project, it helps spawn into the Total Recall stuff, you know? It was very small, very, it's like just two, two people. It's a much different experience, obviously, it was disconnected from the film process. But it was, you know, your influence with the team and everybody else on the team. It influenced me and then the thing that I did and then taking it to the, the next realm. So basically what I'm saying there too is like, don't be afraid to be influenced, but but I think it's be aware of your influences and take them to the next place. Like contribute mm-hmm. as well, like give back. Give so, back, yeah. I think that's important when you're and influenced. Now you know me and you know what? I'm just some stupid hippie stoner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love you, bro. <laughs> no, of course. Dude, it was like, I remember telling my wife back, I was like, dude, I'm talking to Bradley G. Monk. She's like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, <laughs> It's this dude. He's some fucking pervert. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. No, and I, I just, you know, it's, it's rad. And now we text message all the time. We sex message all the time. It's great. (laughs) Which is lots of fun. Snapchat, Ash. Dude, I don't. What is that? That video thing? Oh man. My little brother is trying to get me on that. Dude, there's too many distractions, man. Like I'm just like ah, like I can barely handle like text messages and emails now. How are you guys managing all this shit? Like. I mean, especially you, Brad, like, how are you managing all this technical shit? Like, what, what are you guys using? Because I was just talking about that today as well. It's like, you know, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, fucking Facebook, fucking your websites, your blogs, all these things. How I'm, I'm just telling my wife, I'm like, I'm almost seriously going to need some like assistance from somebody on like a once or twice a week because this is getting out of hand. Hmm. All the emails. I mean, how many emails are you guys getting a day? G-Monk? I don't get that many. Really? I would think yeah. you'd get a ton. No. 30, I don't 40? Get that many, dude. Um, I get like 40 or 50 a day. This is getting out of control. Jeez. Yeah, I, I don't I don't actually get that many at all. I I've actually I go it's back and forth on this stuff, dude. And I think actually I think it's actually all going to change uh when I'm kind of working in my basement in isolation. I think everything's going to change and I'm going to kind of follow like I've seen your calendars ash before. I've seen, you've sent me your calendar <laughs> yeah. before. And that shit's fucking hardcore and dude, I'm actually, so hardcore really into that because I am a man of, you know, I believe that as a designer, um, design kind of permeates your whole lifestyle, you know, it yeah. permeates everything you do, um, including organization and, and organization is so important and just, you know, everything, everything I do is just fucking psycho in that way. And, and I saw those calendars and I was like, okay, that's, that's real designer shit right there. And I'm actually <laughs> really excited to kind of things that shit right there. Flow. But at the studio, and this is going to sound weird, at the studio, it's always, it's already so 
chaotic and there's already so many distractions and so much drama and energy spaz flowing everywhere Mm. that I actually embrace all of the distractions of my own personal life as well to just add into the cyclone Mm. and just make it be almost overwhelming and embrace that storm in, in, in a way that makes it more fun. And then on top of that, I just get super high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so like i'm seriously like i'm i'm on this i'm on this thc you do, tincture you do the, the tea thing huh fusions, and i'm pretty much there was there was i actually cut down for like a month or two yeah i remember you told um, me that i was like what yeah, yeah yeah but i've i've essentially for this last year and a half i've been high every day at work <laughs> and <laughs> embracing this like ridiculous storm of everything meetings and emotions and then you know designers and directing and and shoots and blah 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 and then all of my shit facebook and you know (laughs) twitter and you know snapchatting now i'm single dude i'm fucking snapchatting (laughs) it's all just a complete how many dick pics like he's got like 40 gigs of dick pics on his text message that's the beautiful thing about snapchat is it's it's like this oh it deletes itself huh I'm actually really, I'm actually a really, like, I don't like posting shit on Facebook, but like, I would never like post a photo of me on Facebook and be like, hi, you know, I'm out with <laughs> Ash and I having dinner on Facebook, have fun. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. But Snapchat has this like kind of ephemeral quality to it where it just kind of like happens and then it's just gone and, and there's you no trace so. of it. You it's in know. China though. It's in China. Yeah. It's all, but you know, it's somewhere and you know that like at some point, you're going to see all of them at once. And it's just going to be like the best 24 hours ever. Like, it's just, it's like you're, you're, you're loading up for like this just incredible rush of just like humanity that you yourself have created. What is the Snapchat thing? What is this? Can you explain it to me? It's like, this you ever heard of Snapchat? That, dude, <laughs> I'm fucking old, man. It's that like the kids are using, man. Yeah. <laughs> Send, send no, my little brother's told me to get on it. I'm like, dude, what the you, fuck is it, this? You you hold down your thumb on on the screen and it just shows you a photo and you and you say like, if I if I send you a picture of my penis, yeah, I say the, the, the you, penis is gonna last. You're only gonna be able I to call see those it. my nightly penis. The nightly penis, <laughs> and you can only see it for three seconds. So you hold it down and then it's, you watch it for three seconds and then Don't it's blink. gone. That's it. Yeah, there, there's no trace of it. You can't watch it again. It's gone. Perfect. It's just gone, and that's it. And so kids, it's fucking genius, dude. Like whomever created Snapchat is a, is a billionaire because kids are just using it. You know, there's no trace and they're just using it to send, you know, naughty things to each other. It's fucking it's naughty kids. Genius, Mad D-picks. <laughs> just Man. D-picks all the bonds. Man, there's like trig, 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 trigzillabytes of fucking <laughs> dick pics up in the, the Google Chinese. Uh, where does all this stuff go, Albert? Do you know where this stuff goes? All these dick pics? Tell us. Uh, I'm asking you specifically. I mean, I have a lot of them. If you need them, I can get you some. Give me semi chub. I've collected most of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're on my Tumblr pick, Pinterest feed. Yeah, I have a Bitcoin address. You send Bitcoin to it. And I can I can hook you up. Oh God, where do you? Where does this stuff go? It has to go somewhere, right? Or does it really get it's erased? Somewhere. No, it doesn't delete. There's no way. I think it's on a server somewhere. That's the beauty. Of it is you know it's there you know, <laughs> you know it's there in you the ether it, you know i think it gets deleted but it not low level deleted like they could scrape your phone and find a, a lot of that shit i'm pretty sure 
Yeah. yeah. The forensics on that stuff's crazy. I mean... Yeah. It, it gets deleted, but it's soft deleted for somebody who really... I mean, you'd probably be talking like FBI-level fucking you dude, know, they want analysis, those dick pics, dude. They're like, give me those dick pics. It's definitely not fully gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are some dick pic fucking savages. They want it. I'm being responsible. I'm looking at the Facebook posting mm. and James Curtis. Mm. Oh, okay. All of you have, have mentioned that we all do. Albert, do you work out, dude? Um, I mean, I try, but not very much. Not disciplined. Uh, you're, you're a young guy, though. Yeah, well, 28. Okay. Yeah. Young buck, dude. So James Curtis asks, what are some good lower back exercises to combat sitting at a computer for hours? Oh, shit. Fucking Ooh. having sex, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> blasting. Yep, blasting is a good one. Blasting. That's what he calls it as he's conceived his child. He's like, yeah, blasting. Oh, blasting, dude. That's, a, that's an old uh, that's, that's from That's from 2003. That's a Justin Harder. Oh, a uh, classic term that has stuck for over a decade. Oh, in Hawaii, they call it breeding. <laughs> like, like breed. That's what they say. Hey, whoa. hey, like breed. It's like, whoa, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Seriously, since it's, it's a true fact. Lower back exercises. Lower back, but here's here's one. Here's Stretch. one. The, the ab carver. What's that? I actually own. I've never owned a fleshlight, but I own the ab carver. I saw it on the fuck. It's basically like, it's like a Tron bike ab workout. Where Shut you, the like, fuck up. I swear to God, it's like this giant Tron bike wheel, super fat, like Tron bike wheel with two Snapchat handles. Snapchat me that shit, bro. <laughs> and you get down on your knees on knee pads and you fuck like off. wheel out the, the ab carver and you fucking, it's really good for your lower back, dude. It's like the fucking ab wheel you see on ab wheels. No. Okay. I've heard of that, but I can't like imagine this. I need a snapchat. Pull-ups, dude. Pull-ups are like the sim- It's all the simple Not pull Not pull-ups. Pull-ups is more like your lats and your shoulders and shit. Yeah, but it's good for the whole thing. Like, as long as you get blood flow in your body every day, you're, you're that, that's all that really matters. I'll tell you what. What's the name of this person that's asking that question? James Curtis. James. Mr. Curtis. Dude, don't do that pussy shit. Go do jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Go get choked out and sweat on some dudes. No, <laughs> no I, I think that... Um, don't hurt yourself, James. Yeah, you know, be careful. Watch your neck. But no, lower lower back stuff. Tim Tim was telling me Tim Tatter he has he has like has to get surgery on his like lower back because he's got like he's a tall dude. I think he's like six five or so, and uh, just from hunching over the computer for like you know like as we all do, it's fucked his back up pretty bad. Even he had a standing desk too. He was telling me he was telling me all the stuff that he learned. He said he spent like five thousand dollars at a fucking Better Back Shop and all this stuff. Got a new bed and all this crazy shit. But he said the one thing that's helped him t- like a ton, and this is one thing I want to get, but my wife's like, nah, you're not getting that. But I want that. It's called the teeter hangups. It's like the gayest name ever. But it's this thing where you stand and you, you latch your ankles into this thing, and it and then you turn upside down like at like 70 degrees, and it opens up your back, so it allows all this nutrients and shit to go inside your fucking your jelly jelly shit I'm, I'm like dying. an inversion like an inversion table absolutely that's it yeah, yeah yeah and it's supposedly supposed to help because you know we're constantly compacting these things and what happens is if you're sitting forward all the time your body your back is going to disalign and push the vertebrae and push that jelly shit out and then you're going to get like a pinched nerve and what this thing does is it, it opens up all that pressure and allows the discs to go back and reshift and where they need to need to go 
And so, yeah, I think that inversion thing is freaking rad. I used to go see a chiropractor a lot because especially with jujitsu, like I'm constantly getting I'm like a GI Joe to like a two year old, just like getting yanked on and shit. And uh, it really helps. But yeah, lower back exercises, just like stretch your shit out, you know, like stretch out as much as you can, like take breaks. Get a good chair. Yeah. What kind of chairs are you guys using? A bouncy ball, a gym ball? I just got that because um, my back just recently was kind of dorked up. So I was finally like, okay, I'm at the fucking computer, you know, 14 hours a day to get a good uh, chair. I got that Aeron or whatever. Aeron's are great, man. Yeah, Aeron's yeah. are great. The Herman Millers. Yeah. Yeah, I have the. So, uh, and I've really what? liked it so far. My back hasn't been, been hurting. So I'd say that's probably probably one of the biggest things. It's worth it too. People, you know, like go, ah, it's so expensive. But um, if you're gonna sit at a chair at a table for that long, you know, do that. I was, I was, oh, I have, yeah. I have the Herman Miller, the one that goes all the way up your back. The really, like the most expensive Herman Miller one. I was like, fuck, I gotta get. I was, I was in a lot of pain. What's that fucking chair called? I don't know. It's really expensive. I don't know. The, how the captain's, the captain's chair. Yeah, it's got the fucking. It goes up your spine, and it's, it's like it's pretty crazy. It's rad, but um, even with this chair, um, my back is fucked. You know, like my back, I have to take breaks now. Like I have this application on my on my computer called Anti RSI. It was like <laughs> two dollars or something. Uh, what is that? Like ret ret. Um, repetitive stress. Stress injury some shit like that um but yeah it's it, like i set a timer for because i get lost in the matrix four hours goes by and i'm like oh shit like it felt like 20 minutes and this little app it's it gets annoying as fuck when like, i'm in my creative flow i'm like fuck off so i close it and stuff but if i listen to it and i get up and stretch my back like my chiropractor says like every 10 minutes you should get up out of your chair and like turn your body in your back like just turn your back like try to stretch it out a little bit and if you do that, it constantly can help it reset itself. So that's mm. another thing. But a chair. How about you, Albert? Do you guys you guys have the Herman Millers at, at Buck? Yeah, yeah it's like it's all cool. Herman Miller, like all Aerons and uh, the newer ones too. We have those like sale. I think it's called a sale. Mm. It's a Herman Miller chair as well. But I like the Aerons better. Yeah, those are great. They are. They're good. They're good. For, they're not good for farts though. Like the farts go right through it and all your buddies now. <laughs> How about you, G Monk? Do you? What do you I got? I have the uh, at home. I have the um, Eames, the Eames aluminum, you know, classic office chair. That sounds Eames aluminum. Is there any cushion to it? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of a leather cushion, but not much. I'm most likely once I start like you know because I've only been working at home at night, you know. But mm. I think for extent, I'm gonna have to buy a used Aeron from. Amazon or something. That's really when it get kind of fucked up, right? Because like, you want to be a designer to the core and have like that sick, sexy designer sh- fucking chair. Exactly. But then you get you have to get that big, clumpy, fucking lazy boy shit, you know? Like, ugh. Yeah, yeah that's a buzzkill for sure. But the the Herman Miller, the end body, that's what I have, is pretty awesome. It's It looks cool and it works good. And Yeah, and Herman Miller makes a good product too. I really can't wait for like to have the VR control space i could just lay in bed it's fucking you know like no pressure on my back at all and just operate the fucking photoshop with my hands strap on a diaper <laughs> <laughs> no flashlight first then the diaper over <laughs> okay gmuck you're driving this well can you give us some more fucking facebook questions you second yeah bastard? i mean this lorian gridanak has some like really interesting ones really well worded um, this might throw us completely off, so maybe I'll 
Well, one guy, Alex Wilson, just asked, what is your opinion on pirating software to learn on? I like that question. I think yeah. that's a great question. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, without getting too much trouble, I'm completely for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to jump in really quickly. I think that Adobe did it right with this last thing that they they did. With they they embarked on the whole idea of of having this monthly thing. It gets difficult. Like, okay, here's a prime example. I really want to start learning like Keyshot and do rendering and stuff. It's not a very expensive program, but it's I don't know. I think it's like 500 bucks or something like that. It's not a lot um, in comparison to what other programs are. If if I signed up this thing and I said, okay, I'll pay you guys 50 bucks a month or whatever for X, X amount of time, I don't know if they have that. They probably do, and I'm just talking shit. But anyways, that particular thing, I'm like, I'm not going to buy that thing and because and, 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 I'm not going to have enough time. And then I try the trial, and I get so busy, I came and really test it. And then I'm like, fuck it. Then I came use the program because I don't want to buy it because I don't know if I'm going to use it because I can't even get the chance to try the trial. And then there's so many competitors, but I think what Adobe's doing is very smart because it's allowing the marketplace to be open, more honest, I think, and it's going to allow people like myself to afford, like, I don't know, it's like $40 from the Master Suite every month or something like that, which is, it kind of equals out well. That's my opinion on it, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's right to steal, obviously. I don't think it's good to do that. I have in the past, obviously, you know, like we're all poor students. We all had to have these programs to work on and stuff but i make it a point now that if i'm making money off of it i'm definitely going to pay for yeah. it i just think that's the right way to go about it but i do like to try things out before i do buy them just to see if they're not shitty you know so but if you're a professional that's not in school you can always just like enroll in a class at a community college you take fucking ceramics you know not even a completely unrelated class and if you have that student id then you can usually get student rates on everything, you know, so that Absolutely. helps you yeah. can get that, that discount. Which is totally f- affordable, I think, you know, within reason for what it is, you know. And if you're generating any kind of income off of it, I think it's only right to give back if you can, you know. How about you guys, Mike and Albert? What do you guys think of this? This is a great question. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I pretty much agree with, with you guys. I think that a lot of software companies are getting a little bit more hip to this and they, they, most of them give out, you know, some kind of learning edition for free. Um, and I think that's great. And then, yeah, if you're making money off of it, of course, yeah, you should pay for it because yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so too. What about you, Mike? You on the I same? think, I think it's like music. If they can make it where it's sort of like easier and more convenient to just pay for it, then I think people will pay for it. But unless they do that, then people are not going to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like everybody used to have, you know, MP3s and shit. And and then it's just like, well, that's just kind of a fucking hassle. I just get a fucking Spotify account or whatever. Yep. So I feel like it's... The easier they can make it, like the Adobe thing, then loves people. But until then, people are just going to fucking take shit. I think that was a very smart move from Adobe. At first, I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, this makes total sense. You know, like, mm-hmm. it just makes it more manageable. Yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, software as a service, what everything's sort of moving towards. That's a smart way. That's a smart company move, though. I mean, somebody took a risk with that, you know, um, by doing that. And I think, I think it just allows for them to be around longer by doing that, you know. So... And, and it, you know, like, it's so funny how the word coin, the, the coined word Photoshop is, is prevalent everywhere. It's in common media. Like, everybody knows, it. oh, it's just Photoshop it, you know? 
that's that wasn't even existing like as a word in vocabulary you know before adobe obviously and many years adobe has been around for so long it wasn't even like a, a, a concept you know of, of nature to talk about so it's really cool they're a smart company they've been around for a long time is there anything i was just looking at the, i'm you know a couple of versions back is there anything in the newer versions that like you know, it's a um, killer feature. I, I, There's this epic dick pic f- feature, just like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's not even a plugin. It comes free. It's just called. Yeah. Um, no. There's, you know, there's a couple little features here and there. Personally, I just, I personally, I have just been using a lot of the same stuff since a while ago. Forever. Yeah. Just. I haven't uh, learned anything new in Photoshop or Illustrator for like six years. Really? The one thing that I learned new in Photoshop was layer comps. Mm. Yeah, that layer comps are pretty thing. cool. The layer comps was is kind of like a history state, you know, a history snapshot. But the, the, the and there's so many things to learn in all these software packages. But for some reason, I only am learning things in 3D. You know, I, I'm actually one of the guys that's using the what do we call what do we call Maya the the dead corpse. <laughs> the bloated dead First, corpse of bloated, shithead. Yeah. Bloated pimply <laughs> dead horror. I've actually that was the three D program that I learned back in the day, and I just stuck with it. Um, but I'm always learning something about that, and because the ceiling is so high, you know, there's so many oh, different yeah. things that you can do. So you're always kind of playing and hacking into something new. Um, I found that I found personally like. Ever since I started working with Jake Sargent, um, who's also been on the podcast, he introduced Jakey. me. Good old Jakers. What's up, Jakey? Uh, he's such a good, such a good egg. Um, he introduced me kind of to the world, you know, him being at Motion Theory, he introduced me to the world of working with uh, generative artists. And, um, you know, and we brought Josh Nimoy into the, the team on Tron Legacy. And ever since that, you know, I've always been working with uh, coders and generative artists to enable um, and now I've been working a lot with this with this beautiful Persian man named Reza Ali, um, who is actually an artist in residency at Autodesk. Um, and so he's been helping to enable a lot of things that I would never be able to do on my own. And it's there's something really inspiring about. Um, and this is the same th- is is true for the the current studio that I'm working at called Autofuss and Batandali. Is that there's such a mash of talent. And people doing different things like we all work at design studios and everyone's a designer or an animator, you know, or a 3D artist, you know, it's, it's a little bit more uh, specialized. Whereas when a place like Autofuss, there's architects, there's engineers, there's, um, you know, roboticists, there's programmers, and then there's the design team and the animation and the VFX and the CG. But there's just all this whole and then there's like kind of an ad agency attached to it as well. So it's just like this whole explosion of different people to collaborate with that are way outside of what I would, you know, I would normally kind of collaborate with on a, on a design team. And that's really inspiring. That's a really inspiring thing and a really enabling thing um, to kind of do that, to, you know, to work with an architect, you know, work with an architect for design is just kind of a really fun thing to kind of learn from. Or a chef, it's, kind of, or it's kind of a tangent I've just kind of thrown into the mix sure. and I just started thinking about that. I think it's great, you know, and I think you, you talked about influences, but also working influences, you know. I think that's that's one thing I really do miss a ton about not being at a studio. 
I think Prologue, working at Prologue, pulled some of the best work out of me while I was there because it was just, I was so in awe and just, I love that energy too, you know? Like, it'd be fun. I think it'd be really interesting if we're all in the room and work together for a month or something. That'd be, you know, just like, probably wouldn't get much done. I don't know. Maybe we would. Probably lots of spankings and like pranks, <laughs> pranks and shit. Lots of pranks. Tons of pranks, <laughs> yeah. <and> flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> Just lots of funny, fucked up shit. But I, I just love that energy. You know, I, I love that creative environment. That's one thing I miss. But being influenced by different things, you know, even like I bring up chefs a lot um, because I love cooking. I find cooking to be very similar to what it is that we do as creative artists and problem mm-hmm. solvers. You know, it's just like, but cooking's cooler because you can eat it and it's like more necessary, I suppose. So. <laughs> You're all shut up. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I find that to be, you know, a very interesting connection with the creative field and stuff. But being inspired by different um, people's abilities is awesome, especially if they're really great at it, you know? So, yeah. Hey, let me ask you guys, um, what are some really good documentaries that you guys have watched recently? Because I'm just like, I'm just like all into the documentary shit these days. Give me some goodies. Give me some. Goodies. Uh, I mean, sure. Have you seen the Spirit Molecule? I haven't seen that. I've seen it on Netflix. So is it on Netflix? It's uh, the DMT shit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, is that what it, it's called? The DMT shit? No, no, no it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not the DMT bullshit. Narrated <laughs> by Joe Rogan. No, it's just called the Spirit Molecule. That's really interesting. Okay, um, I'll watch that. It just breaks down DMT, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, more or less. Sci- lots of scientists, and, and it's it's a very interesting. Um, it'll actually, I think it'll actually really inspire you. Yeah, I want to watch that. Then, yeah, I've been on a documentary trip. Do you guys watch documentaries? I know, like Albert, did we talk? We talked a bit about it, didn't we? A little bit about the films and things that inspire us and stuff. Yeah, I've got some documentaries I, I've watched recently that I think were good. Um, did you see Tim's Vermeer? No. It was about like it's like the guy that created Lightwave, the 3D software, mm-hmm. and he's like. He's like a millionaire and he spends all this money to try to figure out exactly how Vermeer painted his paintings because he's like convinced that he did it with some kind of like mechanical help or some kind of device. And this this documentary is just all about his quest to like paint one of these Vermeer paintings. And it's it's really crazy. (laughs) I think it's worth watching for like any artist. That sounds fucking rad and weird. Interesting. Cool. It's weird because Vermeer paintings are very like kind of photorealistic. Yeah, saying, that's what oh. he was saying is like the optical effects that are in Vermeer's, you can't get that from your eye. Like your eye just does not see that way. So he was convinced that he used like a lens or something and like the whole movie's about him just trying to figure it out. Well, he did use techniques though. Like I studied him in college and he does use, he did use some interesting techniques. I'm sure that that Tim guy is aware of it, obviously, but he used a lot of interesting things because he there was that one painting where he painted himself off of a reflection and like a, off of a mirror, off of like another reflection. So he's actually put himself as a self-portrait in somebody else's painting. I think it's a dinner table one or something like that. Almost all of them were dinner table and like grapes and shit. But uh, yeah, yeah, his his style is his his abilities were just ridiculous. Can you imagine working in that world? You know, like. What a crazy ass world! You had to make your own paints and shit, and like, yeah, mix your own pigments and everything. Like, that's a whole different level of painting. Yeah, but like a guy at that level, like creating photo quality, 
He's yeah. like the world's first like really badass Epson printer, you know, like everybody's yeah. like, oh shit, this guy's fucking his pixels, he's got best resolution paintings, you know, like it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's fascinating. I can't wait to watch that. What else is he, what else you got? Hey Mike, um, don't fall asleep. You can, you can. <laughs> so I haven't seen any documentaries like in forever. I haven't seen I honestly have seen like I see like one movie a month now, maybe. Dude, it's all those one a day. Stop doing those. We're watching films. <laughs> sorry, Albert. No, Go ahead. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was just saying, there's so many like good good shows out. You know, Game of Thrones and shit like that. that That's true. Watch too many. It's not on season right now. You can't use that excuse, you fucker. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I watched that shit. Now, what other documentaries? So I didn't mean to cut you off. And then I um, to- yeah, I've got some good ones. I got a uh, Particle Fever. It's on Netflix I watched. It's about, like, the Large Hadron Collider. And uh, I just thought that was so interesting because it's, like, the most expensive thing that humans have ever built. And it serves almost, like, no purpose besides just (laughs) trying to, like, learn about nature and the way that the universe works, which I think is just so fascinating. And, like, uh, yeah, I found that documentary super interesting. Mm. It's a – dude, that that collider thing is – fucking nuts man i think it's opening up like a crazy portal or something you never know <laughs> they could be doing something that we don't know until like 50 years away and we go oh shit like everybody's got like five dicks it's like ah oh, crap yeah. it's that fucking collider <laughs> like a plague or something you know like children of men happens or something you know like you never know you know like that's what's so crazy the five dicks thing <laughs> <laughs> but you never know like that's the, that's the really crazy thing is that we're allowing this out of our own curiosity, I mean, I'm not allowing it particularly. I don't know enough detail, but I can't wait to watch that because that sounds so cool because I, I just love the idea of people, their curiosity leading to – I mean, I don't know if I love the idea, but the curiosity of people leading to, like, the demise or something. You know, it's, kind of, it's kind of fucked I up. I love you know? that idea. <laughs> I, 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 I had to change it. Okay? I clarified. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, my, I'm in the best mindset right now. But no, that's that sounds awesome. Particle fever, anything else? Because I'm, I'm going to watch these fucking uh, – Earthlings is good. Earthlings? Never heard yeah. of it. Things is, is about kind of veganism and, and you know it's it's kind of a hard watch, difficult watch, but it talks about just kind of like the food. It's kind of like a, a food ink, but way more hardcore. Mm. Interesting. It's so it's like I mean, I like think, food I think our propaganda. Foods, you know, we've talked about health a little bit in mm. in this in this. Should talk about it more. And just I think that the food, you know, us being in California. Sorry, people. Um, uh, you know, I think the food. I think the food system in this country is is actually really. Uh, we there needs to be an awareness about that because there's a lot of you know genetically modified food and 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 a lot of food that's sourced with a ton of hormones and drugs and additives and all sorts of sh- stuff that's been added into it and um, there's definitely there needs to be an awareness raised about just kind of safe lifestyle habits to you know the food system here i feel is kind of broken because it's it's such a mass produced thing now um you know and the problem with the u.s is is that there's you know it's always profit driven anyway and everything you know insurance and uh, education and you know and certainly the food system they they make choices based on profits instead of the well-being of the of the people you know so earthlings is kind of about that but then also just about kind of you know, the slaughterhouses and that industry and kind of what they're feeding the animals and how it's brought to your plate. It's really troubling. But it's, I, it's really interesting. I, I find the truth to be 
hurtful but also great at the same time. It's just a matter of how you digest it. I, I my, we just actually started a vegetable garden at home, which is it's very small now. And dude, I, I'm like, dude, farmers are fucking badass because I'm watching this tomato. I'm like, dude, this, this shit ain't gonna grow. And I'm like, man, if I have to feed my family off this like couple of little plants, I'm like, this would be whack. You know, <laughs> the amount of food that we consume each day, it's just like it's amazing that we can just go to the store and it's like perfectly cleaned and it's there and it's ready to rock, you know? And I think that's also part of the integrity of food is you go to a store and you don't see its eyes as you have to cut its head off. It's like perfectly packaged and this like, you can touch it with your hands and it's nice and cool and it, it doesn't have emotions and feelings, you know? Um, I think that is easily that, you know, that's, it's an easy, easier way to consume, you know, an animal, I, I guess like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I haven't gone completely vegan, obviously. Are you G Monk? You're doing the, the vegan, right? Yeah, I was vegan for uh, since I was 20. So I was, I was vegan for about like 15 years. And then I married a French girl. Oh, shit. You uh, can't be vegan with that. You got me eating like incredible cheeses. Mm. Uh, just amazing, amazing cheeses. And That's not then, bad, right? Uh, not bad. You just, because I mean, you're, you're just, you're just, you're just pinching their nipples and shit. So it's, it's not like. Amazing shit. Uh, and then we, and then we got divorced in 2011. Uh, and so then I kind of, kind of, kind of went back to being vegan, but would also eat cheese once in a while. So now I'm kind of mostly vegan. So you're cheesing. Okay. That's not that bad. Cause it's yeah. cheese. Cheese isn't chicken. like, I mean, yeah, it's chicken. He's all, how about chicken? <laughs> but I, yeah, I haven't had a piece of meat for 18 years hmm. and how because you don't have that yellow skin with like the zombie eyes like all my other vegan <laughs> friends have how are you doing that because supplements i, I okay. take a, i take a, a mineral supplement in the morning i'm actually i'm actually one of the things i'm excited about is uh i'm gonna kind of go to a proper i i've, I've always kind of shunned doctors yeah. For the time, and I'm actually going to go to like a proper doctor and do like a full body health scan. Okay. Um, just to kind of see how I'm doing, you know. But text um, me after. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll send you a Snapchat. Uh, James, James, since we're talking about meat and such, James Curtis also asked if a hamburger is a sandwich. It is, right? Because it's between two layers of bread. Sure. Don't get complicated with it. Just fucking eat it. Not joking. Yeah, I guess so. Right. It's the same thing. I think a hamburger is a sandwich. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think one. Which one tastes more delicious? Depends on the mood. <laughs> if I'm like really being sassy, I like I want a burger because I'm a sassy girl. <laughs> it's burger time. But if I'm like professional and I just want to eat a sandwich for lunch, I'm like I'm professional, man. <laughs> it's late. That's how I roll. I get the, the fucking silly me comes out. It's hot as shit in my office too. So I'm like, I'm on my boxers. It's like, yeah, talking about hamburgers. <laughs> Ooh, I, here, here's a good one from Lori Rose. Ridenock. Here's a, here's a question. This is gonna get us all thinking. In her, hmm. what if instead of Scarlett Johansson as Samantha's voice, it would have been a neutral one like Apple Siri? And you had to create a non-anthropomorphized avatar for Samantha. How would you try to express it with the warmth, friendliness, and sexiness that a human voice achieves so simply? Uh, what the fuck? I, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> People didn't like that question. Huh? People didn't like that question. No, I think that... No, I, yeah. I, I just think, I why, why, why would you... I don't understand it. It's too... To, it's above me. 
<laughs> I just think it's perfect as it is. Don't touch it, you know? Like, But I mean, yeah, why would you use Siri's voice if it's a developed technology you would obviously want to use? That was what's cool about it is that she felt like a person. And it, what's weird is I didn't even realize that, was, I realized that was Scarlett's voice when I watched it. I was thinking it was... Uh, I was thinking it was um, the girl from Superbad, the guy, the girl that there, the guy that had all the crush on. That's what I thought it was. I was like, because she has that raspy tone, and I thought it was her the whole time. And I was like, isn't that her? And and then Anthony's like, no, it's fucking Scarlett Johansson. I'm like, what? So I I was thinking of somebody completely different when I was watching it too. But I thought, man, I love that movie. That was I need to rewatch that. It's just a fucking great film. Like it's a it's a modern great film. Yeah. So beautiful too, so well shot. The, the and it's I like it when I like it when films like really take a chance on you know like with sci-fi films when they really go out there and predict really into like the way that the clothes were in her, like the yeah. high pants, the bright colored, like all those little things. You know the way he had like his phone in a little like you know case that felt like you know something kind of old school. Like there was a lot of like really beautiful like old school. Uh, touches in her that made everything feel really warm and, and nice and optimistic about the future. And I really it was a plausible, that. optimistic oh. outlook on the future, which I thought yeah. was great. You know, I like when they try and like like when movies like that imagine the future, but in more like mundane settings like that. Like it wasn't like you know the fucking world is ending or this or that. It was just more like oh, here's what the future could be like. You know, thirty, forty years from now. And it's, you know, this is just what your fucking lives could be like. I don't think Spike's ever seen Blade Runner. (laughs) He's all, fuck that movie. I'll never watch it. You know, because like everybody makes those dystopic kind of like, it's dark, it's grim. Everybody's wearing leather and they have Uzis. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Everybody's eating meat. Like, oh, shit. You know, but no, I, I, yeah, I, I can't express how much i really enjoyed that film it was just a lot of fun and every time i bring this film up i always tell people to go watch black mirror because there's an episode called uh be right back i think um written by charlie broker i think directed by him too i can't remember but it's a great episode it's on vimeo i think you should go buy it if you can just to support it but there is this really it's a fucking phenomenal episode and it's got a lot of similarities to it but it's even for me i like it even almost more than that film because it goes above and beyond some of the concepts it's fucking awesome it's called the show is called black mirror and the episode's called i'll be right back or be right back or something and don't read it like arnold's voice because yeah (laughs) i'll be right back (laughs) come on dana Okay, okay, G Monk, give us some more questions. Um, lay it on us, baby. I mean, I think, I think, I, I just have a question outside of this. Um, I, I want to know, like, do any of you guys have like a goal, like an end goal? With like, we all work really hard, you know, especially you people. And, <laughs> and Every I day, just, you fucker. I want to like, what is the goal, like? My my thing, and, and I and I always, I don't really have a goal. I just enjoy creating and the process of learning and failing and, and, you know, just kind of like the roller coaster that is being creative. I just enjoy kind of the chaos that it brings in a lot of ways and the people that you connect with and collaborate with and the lessons you learn and the memories. And the, all that That's just kind beautiful. of is, is enjoyable, but there is no goal. Like, I don't have, like a goal you know i don't know 
I just enjoy it and I don't know where it's going to take me and I don't really have a plan. I'm just kind of almost completely detached. Um, and I just want to, I just want you guys to speak to that. I, I want to know like what, what kind of, why do you work so hard? Are you working towards something? Is there something that you would crown as an achievement in your career? Like to something to go people, you go first. Um, <laughs> Great question, yeah, sir. no, I, I, feel the same way like my I don't have any sort of like overarching goal the goal is just the project that I'm working on at the you know the moment is I don't have any plans beyond that the short film I'm working on or the you know VJ clip or every days I don't that's it I don't don't really have any you know aspirations to be a feature film director something like that I, I don't it's it's more just focused on the immediate you know task that i'm working on mm, that's awesome albert how about you um yeah i'd say probably the same i mean i don't i don't really think about an end goal when i'm making my work but i i do kind of put a, a point out there in space of like I would love to direct a feature and I know that everybody, everybody you tell that to, they're like, no, you probably don't want to direct a feature, but, <laughs> um, but I still like my whole life, that's all I've ever wanted to do. And, and I know I don't, it, it's not like a true, true end goal because I don't really, I don't pursue it in the traditional sense that, that probably most people would, you know, like go to film school, make a short film, get some money to make another one. Like I just, I don't know. I just like make my work and, you know, I hope one day somebody lets me make a make a movie, but it's it, it, I wouldn't be sad with my life if I didn't get to do that. You know, but it is kind of like a point in space that I that I aim for at I least a little will. bit. I think you will with that mentality. I think that sorry to cut into you, but I heard this really great thing from um, the the guy that did the Sin City, the Rodriguez guy. He did this. Uh -huh. He did, a friend of mine, Oliver, sent me this clip of him talking about learning how to make films, I guess, in 10 minutes or some shit like that. And he broke down like, all that. It's really great because he just kind of powerhouses through it. It's his own, it's, it's all his own opinions, but he said like, don't go to film school because like, you're just going to make the same films as everybody else is making. Like go make your own film. I guess first thing was like, go make a business card, say you're a filmmaker and, and, and don't, don't just think that you're a filmmaker. Like just the action of just saying, I'm a filmmaker becoming one, like you manifest it and then you become yeah. it. And then also like not being stuck with, with, um, like tools and shit, like not being like, Oh, I need this thing and this and that, you know, you just need the basics and you go out there and you do it. He said like when he made, when he directed like, is it El Madarachi? I think it is, I can't remember. I don't know if I've, I don't think I've seen it, but he only had like, he had like a turtle, a dude, and like he had his little town that he made the film in. And so he just kind of like had what he could use to make. And then he built off from there. So like, it's just, it, he was, he kept it really simple and modest. And then he just kept building from there, but he's obviously a rare breed. He's just kind of like uh, one of those unique kind of people that just go for it and don't really, I mean, they care, but they care within reason. But I think everybody has their own, their own path. And I think sometimes that I, the, my favorite filmmakers are the guys that kind of are like, yeah, you know, I just randomly kind of came upon this goal that, I was able to do this and they kind of, they bloom when they're like 30 or 40, they kind of, they bloom late because they get all that life experience and then they, they can put it on the screen, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. That's, I hope maybe that helps a little bit. I'll make sure I send it to you guys because I think it's, and when I, when I watched it, I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like, this is cool. Like this is a different take. I don't feel hopeless, you know? So 
but I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have any more things about your goals and stuff? No, that's basically it. My, 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 my work is just basically like experimental and it's mostly just like for me to just exp- like ooze out whatever's inside me. And then, oh, dude. yeah, Albert, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it on theme. Uh, blast it. Just let it dribble out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Begrudgingly just roll out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's so good. Well, yeah. Um, so I guess for me, it's, it's, uh, I, I kind of been really fighting with this. This is a good question because recently I, I've been trying to find balance again in my life. And so I've been training jujitsu a lot more. Like I've been going four or five times a week and it's incredibly challenging on my body and my mind. But what it's doing is it's giving me a separation from the anxiety of creating art for me became because I was setting my goals so high. Like I'd go like, Oh, this is a fun sketch. Okay. Now how can I make this big thing from it? And then I would be like every day, if it didn't get accomplished, I felt like, ah, shit, like I'm falling behind, not where I would beat myself up. So anyways, so long story short is I'm trying to be really aware of my goals and being realistic, but at the same time, not like letting myself down. So if that makes sense. So I think I'm, I really think it's beautiful what you guys are saying about just embracing and enjoying the moment that, that in which you are in and trying to be focused on each step of the way rather than being too far away, you know? So like, you know, for me, it's like, Oh, I want to, you know, write and direct a film or build this empire of this like creative idea and build out from there, you know? So I've always been really keen and aware of these things, but sometimes I get like confused as to where my destination is. But right now I'm just trying to be focused on those, be, just enjoying the time that I have, you know, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. and the, the influence that you guys are having on me right now is probably going to help um, kind of push that, you know, quality, I suppose, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's awesome. I think that's great. I think it's important to be goal oriented in, 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 in context. I think we're all goal oriented, but your specifics can sometimes kill you, I guess. It just depends on how, how hard you want to work for it, I guess, you know, hmm. but yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely tough out there, man. It's definitely a tough, it's a tough business. It's a tough industry, you know, cause there's, it's, it's uh, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of people who work incredibly hard. It's, Client work can be very challenging. Agency work can be very challenging. It's, it's tough. It's definitely like to make a living from it. It's it's a commitment. You really gotta you gotta be in it for the right reasons. Yeah, you have to. Or you get you get burnt out, or like yeah, you know, or, or you get exposed for being a fraud or whatever. You know, I think you have to have you have to have a heart for it. You know, like you have to re- really love it. You know, do you guys agree? Super agree. Yeah, for sure. I love what Patrick said in, in, in the podcast that I listened to just about at the very end when, when he, you know, he asked for his kind of closing remarks and he said that, you know, just every day he goes in into work and he just wants to make whatever he's working on better just because he wants to, no matter, not because someone's asking him to or a client's asking him to or this or that. He just wants to make it as good as possible. And, and that's just a really like simple, but very wise statement to say you know whatever we're working on just give it love just give it your energy give it your 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 love and 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 on a daily basis like every day is a new day and 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 you'll have new ideas and you'll have new approaches and such but that's just like that's kind of what it's about is you you work 
hard because you want to and love to and love to put that energy that you bring to it into into the work you do. You and it. I believe and I believe that a lot of the work that we do is actually a physical manifestation just as much as as a mental. Mm. I, I feel like there has to be a certain amount of physical um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, drink heaps of coffee, which we could argue is, you know, the same thing as cocaine. Um, Albert, we could argue that because it's <laughs> essentially from the same source um, from the cocoa plant. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm just saying that, like, uh, uh, it's it's refreshing to hear, Ash, that you're you know getting really into this jujitsu and that your physical being is just as important as your mental well-being. And I've always lived that way as well. Like I've it, I've always made it a point that every day that there has to be some sort of blood flow to to glean an energy. Um, and I don't really even use caffeine that heavily. Like I don't really, I've never really drank coffee, um, before. Yeah, me either. Anybody else drink coffee here? I drink it sometimes, but I don't do very well with caffeine. <laughs> mm. What's it do to you? Do you get like shivers and shit? Yeah, I just, uh, I just feel like real jittery and anxious and yeah, just sweaty and not good. <laughs> oh, okay. How about you, Mike? I go through phases. Usually I'll have, lately I've been having, I'll have a cup in the afternoon just because I start getting fucking tired. And it doesn't really, I mean, it just kind of wakes me up a little bit. It doesn't really like seem to have like profound effect. It just kind of like, I don't feel tired for, you know, an hour or two. Yeah. What if you're doing people at works because your output is staggering? Yeah, you keep turning <laughs> it out, you fucker. Yeah, I, I, I heard this bulletproof coffee that Joe talks a lot about. I don't drink coffee, but I heard it's good because it, it like eases you off the high of what. Is it is. the butter shit? Yeah, it's the butter. <laughs> oh god, my one of my buddies was on that shit. How did it work for him? Did he, he get all fat? He loved it. He fucking swore by it. And it's like, dude, you're sticking a fucking full stick of butter in a fucking cup of coffee. So gross. That <laughs> sounds fucking nasty as hell. It's a. Uh, it's. What funny. happens to the butter? Does it like oil out? I don't know. Actually, I think I tried it once. I think I was over at his house. He's kind of tried it, and it wasn't as disgusting as it sounds. Mm. But it's still kind of like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when you when you, when you thought, talk about consuming butter at that kind of rate, it always reminds me of this episode of Tales from the Crypt. There's these like twin brothers that like are murderers but they eat butter like ice cream it's <laughs> disgusting so anytime any like the bulletproof comes up i haven't tried it but i have friends that have tried it and they say it's really great because it's like a natural um a natural en- energy boost and then uh, then the reduction is really natural as well I, but i can't say because i haven't tried it um i just like you know a lot of the guys from jujitsu they do it they try it they work with that kind of stuff and so i just find it fascinating i don't use any of that stuff because I just kind of push myself into the wall and then I just keep pushing my head into it. So I, I'm worried about vices, you know, like G-Monk, don't you worry about all the vices that you have? Like if, if, if I were to pull all that stuff away from you, do you think it would affect you in a certain way, negative or good? Um, I mean, I don't, nothing's really a vice, you know, there, there are no vices. Well, would, um, it, like what I'm saying is that if you didn't have, like if I didn't, if I didn't have cannabis for a really long time, I'd be completely the same. I'd probably be faster, I'd probably be like <laughs> way more like snappy and sharp. I wouldn't probably be as like as chill, but um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a. I, I don't feel like that stuff is. It's it's addictive in your, 
it's not addictive physically. There are no physical withdrawal symptoms from like doing a bunch of cannabis and then not, and then all the other stuff. It's not like I'm doing that shit every day, you know, like the deem is, you know, four or five times a year. The Aya is maybe like twice a year, you know, it's, it's, very, it's discipline. It's not like I'm just some, you know, psycho. That's yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I'm just curious because everybody, Burning Man I am, but that's, that's, <laughs> well, that's an experience then. Yeah. It's it, Burning Man is, is meant to be extreme because the whole place is just an explosion of extremes and that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, uh, I, um, I, I have a, I have one, uh, I'm looking at the Facebook, my man, Jason Kerr. Uh, we touched on this at the beginning, but I would, I would, I would like to say, for you, you know, you guys have all worked with some of the best creative directors around. Who are some favorites and what wisdom did you glean from them? And I love this question because, um, you know, I'm, I'm 38, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little older. Um, people, how old are you? Uh, 33. Okay, okay. I'm second youngest, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Albert is 28, right? Yeah. yeah. 28, uh, 31, 33, 38. Fuck. Bunch of sexy bitches up in this shit. <laughs> gonna be a dirty thirty soon, Albert. Just welcome to the club. Yeah, your back's gonna hurt just that so much more. <laughs> and the hair from your head's gonna slowly go to your body. <laughs> it's gonna migrate like the, the trail of tears, just <laughs> evil. To your yeah. ears? Yeah, I have, I've got the ear hair going on. I'm like, what yeah, the I fuck? I got some Gandalf shit going on. I'm like, dude, what is happening here? Like, I'm going to LASIK that shit, dude. This shit fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, you were asking about creative directors. No, so. I just think that, like, uh, the beauty of of kind of the journey when you work at studios, and this is a, this is a theme that's been in my head so much, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of processing leaving this family you know, at Autofuss and Bot and Dolly to kind of go into this like isolation chamber. And I'm, I'm really, really excited, but there's also a lot of sentimental feelings about leaving, you know, this family and kind of all the capabilities of it. The, the, the potential and the capabilities of this company are just, you know, so far beyond. It's really, really beautiful. Amazing company. Amazing. Yeah. How, amazing long, company. how long have amazing. you worked there? A year and a half. Okay. You know, you're gonna have ever since I moved to San Francisco, I, I landed there. I wanted to like land in a new city with like a, a group of people that I could get to know, you know. Um, all my bird crew lives up here, but that's about it. I kind of want to in the, in the work environment. I didn't want to just like hide in a hole and just work crazy hours because I know that I'm gonna work way longer hours if I'm on my own, you know, because my you know, just I'll probably try to do more. Yeah. Um, than, than before but um, I just think that like and I've worked at a lot of studios over my career and you know like Danny Yount and Ash you could you could chime in Danny Yount's probably one of my favorite I didn't work with him directly as I worked with Kyle way more Kyle Cooper yeah um, but those two guys like Kyle Cooper kind of mad genius style yeah what um, was it about them that really like you know I just love the way Kyle Cooper thinks yeah, he's got a lot of ideas. Oh my god, amazing ideas and how in his approach and how important typography is. Yeah, he's very smart. Very smart and and just how inspired and influenced he is by practical effects. Yeah. And how type is always like the center point and how you can it it, it teaches you to think about he taught me to think about macro and micro and scale because if type is becoming this big component of things 
sometimes that type can be really large and thought of as really large. And then the camera becomes almost a microscope going over these large surfaces. And that's kind of a Kyle Cooper thing in a lot of ways. It's, it's just, um, you know, playing with different scale and like really diving into, into worlds and, and that are really small, but you can make them feel really big and cinematic. Well, he um, learned from Paul Rand, right? Editing, you know, and Danny as well. Like those two guys, man, are, are some of the, best like you know editorial directors you'll find you know danny's editing is crazy yeah his one his that one reel he had forever is just like it just destroyed everything it's like it's like five minutes long and just like that machine drum shed yeah it was super rhythmic and stuff because he also plays music and stuff too so he understands music didn't kyle learn under paul rand was that his teacher yeah yeah because paul is 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 a is famous for you know the stickler on technique of type and stuff like mm-hmm. from what I understand and yeah, you can feel the words coming from Paul through Kyle to everybody else, his students or the people that he employs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. Both of them very smart. I like how unintrusive Danny was always too. He wouldn't, he would give me, he would kind of like give me a little bit and then just kind of like, let me go and like walk away. And like, kind that's of, important, man. I think so. I think he saw that I was ambitious and creative and curious my own self. And he wouldn't necessarily kind of like hold my hand through the process, you know? So he would just let me fall on my own, even if it hurt, like it was just part of it. But instead of, you know, I don't know, pushing me along on his own, he would just kind of allow for creativity to come about upon my own and then he would get inspired from that and then it'd be like a vice versa thing i don't think i got good enough while i was at prologue in order to really riff with him properly maybe i'm a little bit closer now but yeah he, he definitely danny i could i could read that because we both worked with the same dudes too yeah and the way he treated people paul mitchell was great paul had great paul. patience he, he had to deal with me being a smart ass while i was at prologue so yeah, he was great. Big shout out to Paul. He's such a nice guy. Such think, a nice guy. I think he's at uh, MPC now, or I can't remember. Uh, the Mill, I think. He's at the Mill. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he's at the Mill. But um, yeah. how about you guys? Well, we, I mean, we already kind of talked about that, though. Like those particular people, didn't we? And, you, and then nobody could answer because then it wasn't like, it's too specific. And Mike's just fucking busy. Yeah. Once well, a day. I... <laughs> I just haven't worked with, you know, that many people that, you know, I don't, I don't have any cool stories. Yeah, this is late (laughs) for you. This is late for you, you fucking party animal. Do you want to go to sleep? We can, we can wrap this up. You sure? I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. How will we do that? I'm jacked up on coffee. I'll probably be up till fucking (laughs) 5 a.m. Bulletproof. He's got like 14 sticks of butter in his fucking stomach. Fucking shoving sticks of butter on my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Microwave that shit. I'm going to fucking sleep for days. I want to talk about food again. I want to talk a little bit about food, too, because we kind of were starting it, and I thought there were some interesting topics, because I think it's something that's kind of overlooked, and especially in America, I think it's just... You know, like, ah, fucking go eat that shit, you know, like, fuck off, you know, like, go eat, go eat that junk food, whatever. I feel like it's very, like, kind of passe. I don't know, like, um, I have a certain dietary, like, setup that I, I try to follow every day. And I, I'm a big, um, I talk about the Vitamix a lot. Everybody's like, shut the fuck up about the Vitamix because it's like a $500 blender. But I'm telling you, it's so legit. Uh, or the Blendtec or any of these things, really. And the only reason I, I really express my love for them is it's a great tool for helping you consume the right stuff that you need and brad you mentioned earlier about like a nutrient thing what what exactly is that can you give us specifics upon like because 
being a vegan, you don't necessarily get all these nutrients that you get from consuming meat and all these other things. So yeah, it's just iron and calcium are the two tricky ones and, okay. and B vitamins. And, and so I take a, a mineral supplement called the all one. It's the all one nutrition is the company and it's the green phyto base mm-hmm. mineral powder. Okay. Um, and then there's for, for protein, just kind of extra, extra protein boost. I take the sun warrior. Oh shit. Such a sick name. <laughs> sun warrior, dude. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I mix those up in the morning with some coconut water, ice, and a banana because I, I love bananas because I'm a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> bananas are great, dude. Potassium is so important. So to the way I look at it, man, is like fucking giant gorillas. All they eat is bananas and they're fine. They're huge and they're fucking badass. They're huge and elephants. What do elephants eat? They're huge. I think elephants eat in and out. that is one thing that if you are a vegan you're you got you, get, you know you gotta I mean, i'm gonna push you into a fucking in and out you're not gonna get like a food boner i mean come on that fucking <laughs> that place is like dude it's so good mike when you come out here i'm gonna freaking treat you to some animal I know, style everybody's talking about that and i was out there a couple months ago and we didn't fucking go to one what the fuck dude Aww, how no. dare you <laughs> <laughs> you should make that noise after that statement. <laughs> that that statement deserved that. Everybody you know, said they're awesome. What's yeah. up? I want to come cuddle with you. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So he's just, he sounds so cute now that he's kind of getting tired. He's you so know, he's all grumpy. He's all gurbly and shit. On your Twitter uh, photo, do you have a black eye? Yeah, I photoshopped that. That's not. I did put like a black eye. I don't know what the hell I was doing? I was trying to make like an ugly picture. That's. <laughs> and then you have like you have like a thing around your mouth. Yeah, I tried to make it look like I got my ass kicked. <laughs> and, you, and you put makeup on all, in the process. My mouth was all fucked up. And you like yeah, and you photoshopped some like some scrapes around your neck too and on your chin. That's hot, dude. He did a lot of good work. He was doing jujitsu, man. What news? He was getting choked out. He got makeup put on him after he passed choked out. Choked himself out. <laughs> he just choked himself out. <laughs> the phantom limb, full experience. Ayahuasca journey, self-propelled. This all-in-one thing looks pretty interesting. The green phyto base. I've been taking a uh, this like um, daily vitamin thing, which got like all the fish oil and all this shit and the vitamin D and all that stuff. And then I also take a calcium thing every day as well. I try to be cautious when I take it though. I think you have to take it with, with food, right? Obviously. So that it kind of gets through your body properly. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't try to take it like before jujitsu because like I sweat like 40 gallons. So I'd like it just to fly out of my body. So I try to do it. 40 gallons. (laughs) I sweat a lot. Like I'll I'll go to jujitsu and I'll work super hard, especially right now. It's like 100 degrees in now down here. There's no AC, so we're just like just sweating. It's just disgusting. And you don't have air conditioning at your house? No, I have it at my house, but not oh, at, okay, not okay. at the it's, not at the training camp. Jesus Christ! No, yeah, I feel bad for running the AC down here actually because it's it's been. Are you guys so still long. on that whole drought thing? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be here for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, that's never changing. That's probably not going away anytime soon. I kind of <laughs> felt like it was like a month thing where it's like, oh, we'll just get rid of this drought thing. Just don't take a shower or something. No, but yeah, I guess that's probably not going away anytime soon. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, you, you're you're above, you're up in north, and it's a little bit more. You guys don't have to worry about it. I think we're trying to create a lot of those uh, those those um, 
I think they're taking water from the ocean and filtering it. It takes a lot of energy. Desalination. Yeah, desalination. They're doing one right now that's pretty big. But I think what I've heard is it's going to all these other states. It's it's not even going here. So I'm like, shut up, bitches. Like, they're all complaining about the showers and stuff. I'm like, fuck off, man. And I own a house, so they're they're giving people tickets and shit in my neighborhood for, like, sprinkler usage and stuff. So... Oh, wow, really? you get tickets for using the sprinkler? Yeah, if you use the sprinkler, this is like some shit that you wouldn't even care about unless you owned a house. I don't even care either. But they're giving out eight hundred dollar tickets. That's why I'm. That's why I'm like, oh, oh my shit. God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So if you're using the sprinkler on a, you're only supposed to use the sprinklers on three days a week. And like, so is your grass just like fried? Yeah, my grass is like, dude, fuck this rule, man. I'm dying here. Like so. Uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of a bitch. So I have to like. That's super- great though. Then you don't have to fucking mow it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Fucking mowing sucks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's all these things. You know, these are like all these. There's. I do a lot of creative stuff throughout the day and the emails and all that stuff. But like, I'd have to say now, like, I have so many different distractions from my daughter's dance competition shit. Like, I'm having to listen to like Katy Perry. I want to blow my brains out music and like all this other stuff. These are like all these funny distractions that I have to deal with alongside of it that give me a complete break. But um, yeah. This I think if you're running a business or you're having a house and all that stuff, there's all these distractions, and it's hard to really focus on these things. You know, like I find it harder to find focus on the tasks at hand uh, more than ever now because I'm not able just to be a creative. I'm not just being paid by like a company like Prologue just to sit in a chair and just like think all day and have mm-hmm. to do all these other things. Do you find it to be challenging to have all these other responsibilities, guys? Extra yeah. stuff, extra sauce. Extra sauce, dude. Albert fell asleep. No, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, he's like secretly fucking sleeping. Fucker. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. It's more about balance, I guess. I mean, that's been a lot of people's questions. People find a lot of challenges with having balance in their lives and trying to maintain it and stuff with family and work and all that kind of stuff. So. I find I that like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Albert. Uh, that was me actually i I was just gonna say i I think there's uh it's tough because i think people ask questions and stuff like that and there are no right answers you know what i mean yeah even for you know it's it's something that's constantly sort of in flux with each person so it's kind of like i don't know how the fuck i'm gonna tell somebody else how to like balance their life you know i'm everybody struggles to balance their own life yeah. Do you find it to be a struggle? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's like, you know, sometimes if I, you know, have to work on something, I'll feel like, oh, crap, I, you know, I didn't get to spend as much time with Emma today or, you know, vice versa. It's like, you know, if I am distracted by stuff throughout the day, it's like, oh, fuck, I didn't, you know, I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. So, yeah, it's constantly, you know, give and take. Yeah. It's a challenge. How about you, Albert? Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot of, like, I don't know. I think the only thing that pressures me to do personal work is just myself. I don't, you know, so when I come home from work, I just try to spend as much time with my wife and, you know, with the family as possible. And then, you know, I'm usually on my laptop, you know, doing something, some kind of project on the side. But um, I try to let that stuff not not take over the rest of my life because it is kind of just for fun. It's not, you know, I don't make any money off the, off the work that I do outside of buck, you know? So, uh, it kind of has to come last in my life, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. 
Yeah, it's funny too because you you there's so much time spent in front of a machine and it's kind of an empty. You know, sure, sure. Sometimes you know you'll release something that you know people on social media will appreciate and reach out, but it's all it's all empty. You know, like it's not. There's no like like when you really think about it, no one's going to really remember you for, you're not going to, the, the things that are like deep in your life and meaningful aren't the, the like small project that you did, you know, that you slaved over for four months. Um, it's, it's friendships that you'll make or relationships that you'll make relationships with a kid or your wife or your, your friends or your, you know, those memories. And it's, and I've always thought about this cause it's always been a problem in my, in my social life, you know, like, and to combat that, I kind of live kind of an extreme, life where like I'll, I'll work really, really hard and then I'll make sure that I kind of play really, really hard and I'll do something kind of extreme or I'll go on like a wild trip or, you know, do something really memorable with friends, go on a canoe, you know, canoe trip into the Russian river, or, you know, this or that. <laughs> so cool. And it kind of like balances the extremes in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and that kind of somehow brings me peace, but I've always struggled with it. I've always struggled because I, you know, I'm a single guy now and I have been for the last like two or three years and I work all the time and it's, it's my number one priority, you know, and, and it, and it has been for a while and it's, and I always ask myself, if this is a healthy thing or not, you know, and, <laughs> um, and, and I, and I know deep down that it's not, but it doesn't like, it doesn't stop me from kind of just spending the time and, and enjoying kind of that, that, you know, feeling of discovery, like I'm a kid again, learning something new. It's kind of, the, it's the same satisfaction in a way, even though it probably in the big, in the grand scheme of things doesn't really mean much. You know, I think the things that mean the most to you are, the, you know, the people that you love, you know, and the relationships that you make are, you know, with, with other humans are much more important than anything else. And, um, you know, it's good to hear that all of you have families and, and stuff to provide that balance for yourselves. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, one of my friends said I'd probably die if I didn't have my family. So I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the family really, you know, for me at least, it it shows me that there's somebody more important than myself, which I forget a lot because I grew up kind of as a little, an only kid, and you have this like this idea that you're the only thing, you know, and you carry that with you. At least I do, and it's kind of like a it's a weird error that you have, you occur and I'm done digesting it and then analyzing it and, and, and working with it within my, uh, my therapy sessions, which really helps me understand, you know, but yeah, having the family as a balance is really great. I always say it's the hardest job though. I think it's one of the hardest jobs I have is, is being a great husband, being a great dad, you know, really caring, you know, I find uh -huh. it to be challenging, but yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Now that I've, you know, been working from home seeing you know all that my wife does to take care of our one-year-old it's like jesus christ that kid is exhausting as a motherfucker <laughs> like, wow this is this is so much harder than you know hard just so many little things where it's just you know and i had been pretty you know obviously active but when it's when it's like all day it's just like that is an exhausting job yeah it is it's totally exhausting and that's also means that you're caring you know i think that shows that you're caring oh uh, yeah because if you're not exhausted then i don't know if you're doing it right yeah yeah it should feel exhausting just, yeah the kids definitely fucking suck the life out of you <laughs> they damn your energy yeah yeah you have to you have to pick your battles too that's one thing i noticed 
Albert, are oh, you guys yeah. gonna have some kids soon? Uh, yeah, probably, probably pretty soon. Dang, cool. Snapchat me that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the gab. I was trying to think, what the hell is that app called for the joke? That's a bad joke, though. I apologize to your wife. I don't mean any defense. Any, no, any. she's cool. TCP sponsored by Snapchat. We should see if they want to sponsor the podcast. Well, it's like fucking snapchat fucking love we get giving it to this on this podcast one person was asking about uh i don't i don't want to end on this so we should have another one but there's one thing that somebody is asking about that i know you guys can help perfect and i'll i'll stay out of this one but uh because i've already talked about it a couple of times but is is uh, dealing with it depressions the depression dealing with periods of it and, and how that you know adjusts your mood and how to get out of those kind of slumps and stuff and you know how to find your way out of these, like, I guess, dark holes that people put themselves in. Who wants to talk about their... I could, I could go on that one. I, I have a massive uh, depression in my family. Um, and my, my older brother struggled with it. My, my father, my grandparents really struggled with it. Um, and I just, I've actually kind of, you know, thankfully got, you know, kind of the happy gene that my dad has. Um, but I think that, and I, and I've dealt with a lot of depression in my life with family and, and, and and spouses and stuff. Um, I, I think that the best cure for depression is therapy, talking to someone wiser than yourself, uh, with a kind of completely, you know, fresh view on and take on things, someone to communicate with and to help you. Uh, that's detached from your family, you know, someone else. I think a therapist can really help you through tough times. Uh, exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, getting getting those blood, you know, the blood flowing and, and the exercise. I think travel can really help and kind of inspire, you know, kind of, you know, the, the thrill and, and kind of, you know, that rush of, you know, that thrilling kind of feeling of, of traveling to a different country and kind of the different cultures and that, that inspire inspiration. And then just kind of knowing what you love to do, no matter what it is and doing more of that, you know, and, and, and really, and really just like learning to love yourself and learning to love that, that learning to understand that life is a very precious gift. Um, worth living and worth exploring and that the beauty of life is kind of the ups and downs and and that just means that you're feeling you're really feeling things is that is what it means and that's actually kind of what life is all about is it's about we're emotional beings as humans you know and so it's the beauty of it is that we are really feeling something intensely um and that should just be embraced you know that's like that's just that's just us being human beings and that's the beauty of it so that's kind of my take on depression is that there's definitely, it's definitely something that, and I, I could, there could be a whole podcast about this, but sure. you're articulating you know, it beautifully. I've, though. I've overlooked the magnitude of clinical depression before in my life, mm-hmm. uh, not with myself, but with uh, others who are very dear to me. Um, and it, and it's a real thing. Like there's definitely like a disease in the brain that causes depression. That is a real deal. And some, you know, hippie kumbaya shit that I'm saying, Sometimes isn't enough, but these are some of the things that I've kind of noticed throughout my time here on Earth that seem to really help. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. How about you guys? I mean, that you articulate it really well, I think, too. Like, breaking it down and all those points, I think, are great. So, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Bradley hit it. He hit it pretty well in the head. And uh, like I, I think I used to be depressed. I mean, I used to have to go to a uh, psychiatrist because I was getting in trouble a lot in school when I was like fourteen, fifteen. Uh, just getting in a lot of trouble. And uh, I think there's different sources of depression. Like sometimes it's like an intellectual source of depression where you feel some kind of like existential crisis or you don't know where you fit in the universe. And then there's like more of a chemical depression where, you know, maybe there's a chemical imbalance in your brain and and maybe like an antidepressant is the best, the best fix for that. Um, But yeah, I think like depression is just such a person to person thing that it's hard to say one thing that, that, that would really help everybody. But I think Bradley's on, on the right track, you know, um, as far as just, yeah, just find, find what makes you happy. And, and I mean, it it sounds terrible, but I mean, if you're white, you, you, your life's probably not that bad if you're in America and you know, (laughs) you racist dick. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) sorry, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a white male, I suppose. Yeah. I I guess what I meant is just that things could always be worse and it's, it's good to focus on the positive and and what's good in your life and, and the things that you love and the things that you cherish rather than everything that's wrong and, and, you know, all the problems that you have. Yeah. I think it's giving you ammo to deal with it. I suppose that's really where you're getting at, you know, Mm -hmm. because it is an onslaught, you know? Yeah. How about you, Mike? How do you deal with the Um. depressies? I I've never I don't think I've ever really been like depressed per oh, se. Oh, who's badass? Um, oh shit! You know you get you know I get in shitty moods though. But so and, and I think you know kind of a lot of the stuff you're talking about. You know I I totally agree with in terms of like exercise and you know eating good. I think those are like really huge huge things. And I went through you know kind of a, a period where I was uh, a few years ago kind of anxious was getting kind of like sort of like panic attacks and stuff like that and i found that the like breathing that makes a huge huge difference Ah, just being able to do that and we we did um yoga for quite a while and you know that that really helped so stuff like that i mean definitely seemed to to have a a pretty big effect and and sort of just kind of being able to chill out a little more beautiful what breathing does for you power of yeah it's it's crazy how much it like can just grounds you really yeah just like totally calm your body down and calm your mind down to the point where you're almost in you know just sort of like a trance and you're not talking about despunking what's that (laughs) despunking okay Oh, okay. <laughs> you filthy fucker. Is that, what you, is that what you said? Breathing calms you down? Is that what uh, you said? Breathing, breathing. Oh, breathing. I yeah. thought you said breathing. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that does everything. It puts you to sleep. But no, I like, think like, yeah, definitely breathing. I found, I find myself when I get, I think I've realized it a lot more with, with the practice of jujitsu because you have to, like you can't, you can't explode. You can't just like blast. You can't use your muscle the whole time or you're going to, you're going to, you're going to gas out. I use a lot of these practices towards creation as well, the art of creation. And I find it to be really beneficial, you know, by breathing, you know, anytime that there's something that's really hitting me that I'm upset with or something, I just go, fuck it. Time to take a deep breath and just like, instead of before I'd be like, just hold, just be fucking pissed and furious, you know, and like, just letting all my emotions out, you know, and I don't think either way is right or wrong. I just think that now I feel more comfortable by breathing 
allows me to compose myself better. And it's just amazing that it's something that we're born to do where it's natural. And there's been studies that state that we actually take shallower breaths as we get older. Um, you know, as kids, they breathe so heavily. Like, watch your baby breathe. Like mm-hmm. they, they take really full breaths, oh, yeah. you know? Like, they're really breathing. They're working their lungs. Um, but as humans, like, w- you should watch yourself as you work. You ta- you'll take, like... You'll take like very shallow, very sunken, very very subtle breaths. Like uh, usually, most people do. But um, yeah, it's just a it's a fascinating thing. Breathing, just just the fact of breathing, it really grounds you in reality, you know. And I think it's fucking it's a great it's a great tool. I love it. Um, let's see. Does anybody have any more questions? I had a really nerdy one for people, but I'm not going to ask it. God, you're so <laughs> nuts right now. Get on it. I, just, I mean, I just, I just, people, how are your renders so nice, man? <laughs> he, dude, he already told you use that freaking Octane. Is octane. that it? Like, you're just using Octane? Like, what's, octane, what's, yeah. Octane is pretty is sweet. That, is that like, was that like the big leap for you? Like, you were doing this, these V-Ray renders, and then you just started using this Octane, and your shit just looked, I mean, it's, your stuff looks really good, man. Yeah. I think what I like about Octane is that you can, um, it's like a progressive render, so you can just let it sit. So sometimes, like, and before with like V-Ray, with you know, it's I don't know what the other one's called, but it's using buckets or whatever. Yeah. So it's either fucking done or it's not done. Yeah, it, you can't let it just fucking sit and crunch for an hour. So that's the one nice thing with Octane. It's like something that you know might take an hour to render. I would never have done that before. Because yeah. it's like, I don't know if it's going to be fucking done in an hour or if it's like, oh, shit, I come back in an hour and it's half done. It's like, well, that's <laughs> that. fucking worthless to me. <laughs> Whereas with, you know, Octane, it's like, uh, I can let it sit. And there's like certain renders, like I'll, you know, if I happen to do it in the morning or I happen to do it in the afternoon, I'll let let it sit and render for literally like five or six hours. Whoa. And then I'll come back to it later and, and uh and take it from there. So I think that's one of the like huge advantages with Octane. But you're talking about rendering motion, then, right? Because if you're waiting, no, no, I'm talking about still? rendering just one still. What the yeah, fuck? yeah doing Six one hours? of my favorite aesthetics in 3D is when you know the objects become the lights. You know, like you know, yeah. self-illuminating objects. Yeah. Uh, we did that a ton in Box, and you're a lot of your stuff, people, is really it's it's really your renders look like really high-end man and yeah well and that's one of the like like what you're saying like having like items illuminate stuff i I think that's another advantage with octane is because it's like before i would almost never render like obviously you have to use you know global illumination to 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 Uh. have something like that and it is very very fucking you know cpu intensive with you know v-ray or you know even just the regular c4d render but it's very fucking quick with octane mm. so that that's uh, is there like, like a bazillion gi settings with octane or does it just kind of work there's no gi settings that's weird it's there's no gi like, settings with it no, it's because it's a it's called an unbiased render. It's oh. like a physically based render, so it doesn't. When you put it into the like path tracing mode, it has one sort of cheat mode that's not full 
unbiased path tracing, but if you just put it to the unbiased path tracing mode, it's not taking any shortcuts. All of those settings that you see in V-Ray and all the other ones, that's because they're taking a shit ton of shortcuts to come up with the answer. Whereas with Octane, when you put it to path tracing, it's just like, fuck it, we'll do it the fucking hard way. It's going to take fucking forever, but it's this is like the mathematically correct way of like lighting something and rendering it. Mm-hmm. And because it uses GPUs, it's it's not as slow. I think that there will be more and more. I mean, V-Ray is obviously coming out with their own V-Ray RT GPU yeah. render. And I think that's something that's going to be more and more popular, you know, sort of moving forward. It does have like, obviously a learning curve and Octane is, you know, it just in the last, you know, three months, they added displacement and, you know, motion blur and stuff like that. So it's still very much like, in its infancy and it doesn't have nearly the like compositing um you know settings that that v-ray has so it's it definitely has a lot of work but it's i think it's fun for me because i like that's the other thing is if i don't know how to do something i'll just fucking do something different you know (laughs) i don't have somebody looking over me saying I want this specific thing. So if it's like, eh, I don't know how to do that. Well, it's like, well, then I just fucking won't. <laughs> so it's fun to it's play awesome. with. Yeah. Then you're actually really generating, like you're generating your art then I suppose, you know, cause then there's, mm-hmm. you're just, you're just kind of, you're enjoying that process. I found that same thing with cinema 4d. A lot of people ask me, and I know you're talking about Octane, but a lot of people ask me, what program do you use? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm always like, Cinema 4D, like, whoa, what tutorial? I'm like, there's no tutorial because I'm just fucking around. It's mm-hmm. literally me just going like, well, what happens if I make an- put another light here? And it's literally that. Like, It's yeah. just a couple things that only I would think to do because it's just a random thing. And then it just happens. Mm-hmm. I- I'm always That's why I've always been concerned and-, and scared away from going into these programs and being like, okay, I'm going to go to a place and I'm going to say I can do this, this, and that because mm-hmm. that scares the shit out of me you know it's like oh yeah there's so many there's so many areas and it's like that's why i really feel like i don't fucking know anything because there's i mean i don't know how to rig i don't know anything about you know like thinking particles i don't know i don't know how to fucking like unwrap something like uvs and all that shit i don't know anything about that like body paint i don't know how to fucking use that I'm i mean sure. i can just go on and on and on with like shit i don't fucking know dude i'm sure a seven-year-old in uk will tell you dude. <laughs> i know <laughs> Fucking take my jobs, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's cool to know, though, and it's cool to know that um, you just enjoy the process. I know, I know. Um, I think it's probably completely polar opposite to what Albert has to do. You know, obviously, right? Because you have this, you have this destination in mind from your creative director, right? And these, or whoever's directing the project or the designer, and he's kind of uh, trying to trying to push you and everybody else to get as close to that intention as possible right yeah i mean that's yeah that's part of my job that's probably the the most stressful is just knowing that you have to come up with a solution no matter what and and sometimes nobody's ever done it before so it's like you really have to there's no option there's no like bailout um but in my personal work, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll reach a point where I'm like, uh, I want to do it, but it's too hard. And then I'll just, you know, forget it and do something else. Yeah. And th- that that's, you know, I guess that's the problem with like all the other, 
these things, these restraints that you put on you, do you think it's good to have a destination to get to and just stick to, and then you just learn and you just push yourself through it? Or is it better to kind of be like, okay, because we're literally talking about polar opposites. I think what, mm-hmm. what Mike is doing is just freestyling and, and coming up with lots of fun, awesome, cool things on his own in, intuition and his own inspiration. Then on the opposite, you have like McDonald's requesting their French fries look more golden. <laughs> you know and yeah and and you're having a problem solve those things you know i'm just guessing as mcdonald's or whatever it is the client you know um that's a totally challenging thing the responsibilities but do you think by going through the destination the journey of trying to get to that exact spot do you find that to be a worthy kind of task or is it, i mean i guess there's no other way really right you know so, yeah i think that's the i mean that's the the, the way that you get really, really good besides just having a lot of self-discipline like, like Mike does and just sitting down and doing something every day because I know personally I don't have the self-discipline to do it. Like I just, I can't make myself just sit down and do, do these, the same kind of projects that Buck asked me to do. Like I would just never, I would never be able to do it. You know, it's gotta be somebody else kind of forcing me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think, no, I, to your credit, I think you learn a shit ton more when somebody's like, no, you need to fucking do this. Because, I mean, I, that can be, it can be good and bad being like, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. Because, it, yeah, it'll push you in a different direction, but then you're not learning that thing that you don't know. Yeah. Whereas if you're, you know, like you at Buck, it's sort of like, well, you got to fucking learn it. They're not just going to be like, eh, maybe we'll just make the French fries green this time. It's like, <laughs> no, they need to be fucking yellow. Figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know, and then you have to. So I think, I think that's how you, I think you can learn a lot more like that, actually, than me mm-hmm. just saying, ah, eh, fuck it. I just, I mean, that's more out of just laziness. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think then there's two different things, right? There's two different set goals, you know? And I think we, we talked about earlier, too, about your goals and allowing them to either propel you or crush you. And I think for me, like I was saying, psychologically, I was putting too much weight on myself and I wasn't, I was dreading the process, basically, the process of coming in and spending the energy and the work Whereas before, so I'm, I'm actually, I have, I have both of you guys in my mind, basically the opposites, basically polarizing and, and I'm trying to have fun in the middle there, you know, and enjoying that process, you know, and I think that's really where the sweet spot lies, having the goal, but don't push yourself so hard that the goal sucks, you know, mm-hmm. and how much you change. I mean, a lot of the, the there's a lot of funny things that happens. I, I watch people that get successful. They become the person that they hate the most, you know? <laughs> And that comes about because they weren't they weren't sure where that goal was going to take them and how much they had to kill themselves for that. You know, like look at war mongrels or like you know uh, you know uh, people are just destroying the earth. You know, like where do their goals lie and how do they get there? They're just like I just want to be fucking famous. Or I just want to be powerful. You know, like I, I want to kill people before they kill me. Kind of shit. It's like where does that get you? You know. So <clears throat> I just find that to be fascinating though psychological shit psychological dropping that shit down dude because all day i sit and when i draw and create and i'm just thinking like wow what's this this is weird oh, what's that or look at that well that's cool you know like trying to break it down and every podcast i'm trying to get sl- slowly closer to the psychological like ramifications and you know people's processes and stuff because i just find it fascinating you know very, very unique stuff. Okay, okay, bitches. How about we do a last call thing? Let's all kind of like, uh, is there anything you guys wanted to say or 
drop some props to anybody you love or you want to give some some advice to any anybody starting now i know everybody's got a lot of questions i think we answered a lot of really great ones <laughs> did a pretty good job on that facebook page and yeah thank you to andrew for doing that because he rocks without mm-hmm. without andrew's involvement in the collective i don't even think it'd be keep going as at least as fast as it's going he's been a fucking huge help so mad mad props to andrew yeah, and also the big thanks to everybody on Facebook for you know the questions and being interested in this stuff as well, Sue. So, but um, yeah, do you guys have anything you wanted to make sure that we mentioned for episode sixty nine to close it out? TPC sixty. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should go over what we learned tonight. We should. We should do a recap. You know, I, I taught you guys the uh, the beautiful term of blasting, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was taught to you. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. blasting okay and i tell you i tell you the breed the breeding yeah the breeding yeah breed and, and how that can reduce stress and cure depression <laughs> along with breathing mm-hmm. yeah. yes yes and sleep how about sleep let's talk about sleep really quick actually because that's a really big topic i wasn't getting a lot of sleep for a while there and i'm trying to get back into it how about you guys how are you guys doing with the sleep thing it's good <laughs> pretty good and emma's been sleeping emma's been sleeping awesome lately so she's a year in though so you're getting a little better huh yeah better. she was she's been she's been sleeping for 11 or 12 hours at a time so damn yeah she's fucking well i don't get 11 hours of sleep but... <laughs> like, yeah dude that's badass <laughs> can go live wow. at your house <laughs> So that's, that's are you getting good. six to eight hours about so? Yeah, yeah, I usually get around seven hours. That's good seven. though. A good seven hours is fucking solid. How about you, Albert? I, I try to get eight hours every day, so I try to be in bed Ooh. by midnight. That's Ugh. good. That's good though. Good for you, man. How so about you? So how about you, Monko? Dude, I used to I used to sleep like five hours a night up until about thirty three, mm. and then went to six, and now I'm at seven. You like it though. It's good for recovery, right? Yeah, I just, I'm just, you know, at 38 years old, I can't do the, I can't do the five hour thing anymore. Do you, do you have a hard time sleeping? I have a hard time sleeping. Like my brain is just like, ooh, like I want to watch all this stuff and I have all these books and all these links that everybody's amazingly sending me all these awesome stuff. I have a hard time just shredding that all off. I find that like if you sit in bed with a with a book, oh that's you know, or or you know just sitting in bed and kind of consuming passively that you'll usually kind of doze out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Then you can always blast before bed. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so down. I always tell my wife I'm down to practice. So. <laughs> it doesn't always work out, though. So. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm actually going to listen to this fucking three-hour rant. No, nah, she would very make it. And she'd be like, "Oh, you." <laughs> nah, she hasn't even listened to one podcast. I think it's probably for the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there I'm any at the volume you do, man? Like in terms, like I think you said that you were talking to Tom Mueller today. So that means you did two podcasts in the same day. Yeah, I'm fucking Holy beasting balls. it. I think what will what happens? Everybody's schedule is different, and I try to make this podcast as malleable as possible for the. The, the guest so that they can come on because everybody's around the world in different time zones and different work schedules and stuff. So um, sometimes it just they have to double it up just, just so I can get the person on so that people can enjoy the show and I get a chance to talk with them. So 
it's the price I'm willing to pay, people. <laughs> My sanity. No, it's it, dude, I, I fucking love doing the podcast. So it's 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 been so amazing. It's been really great, and it's great to get to know you guys. Like I can't wait oh, to yeah, meet for sure. I can't wait to meet in person. I think we're gonna have so much fun. We should all go and like speak somewhere so we can all go have a lot of fun and fucking run around, fucking streaking, <laughs> blasting. <laughs> <laughs> go right around blasting <laughs> circle jerk oh it's just, dude super down <laughs> could this get any better <laughs> yeah but um yeah I, I feel bad it's really late for sir mike he's just he gets up in like two hours so we're totally fucking his i ain't up. getting up that early tomorrow <laughs> yeah, no, i'm no, gonna fucking email you Pro show. I'm gonna text message you and be like, "Dude, get up! It's time to fucking do a one." I have do not disturb, on, bro. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking Snapchat, Snapchat the shit out of you. Uh, um, does what, anybody... if, what if people misses the everyday tomorrow because he's too fatigued from this episode? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh God, God oh, damn those fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> they broke my shit. They broke me." <laughs> Oh, Andrew was asking if you could do um, it's up to you but if you could do a themed everyday um, towards the 69 TCP <laughs> I'll see what I can do tomorrow oh damn I like the sauce cool that'd be fun it's up to you you don't have to but um, yeah I'll let you know when the podcast airs so you have a window but yeah do something sexy do something drippy do something, <laughs> something <laughs> butter just stanky <laughs> I'm stanky, yeah. Get us, get all stanky. Shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, this has been a really fun time. It's been really cool having. I'm surprised and I'm happy that we didn't all talk over one another. So yeah, it's not easy. We're not in the same room and we don't see one another, so it's really hard to tell who's going to talk and what they're doing. So you mm-hmm. guys, you guys are gentlemen. You guys are professional gentlemen. <laughs> pulled it out perfectly. Some James Bond shit. Um, you guys have anything else you wanted to say or mention? Mm-hmm. Good. Let's all thank our moms. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I love you, mama. It's mommy. Thank you, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. Let's end on the thank you, mama note. <laughs>